Hey y'all, Rick Houston here, and I want to tell you about my new show, the Moonshine and Motorsports Racing Podcast. I've partnered up with the state of North Carolina Department of Natural and Cultural Resources to help uncover the history behind moonshining mountain boys, professional wheelmen, and the backwoods and city lights of the Tar Heel State. In the first episode, I sat down with Winston Kelly at the NASCAR Hall of Fame for a little behind-the-scenes gossip about Junior Johnson's engineering skills. He's got two things in his hand, pipe wrench and channel lock pliers, and they weren't new. They had been been around the block a time or two. What the first deal they built, I bet. No, no, you know, I think they were, the the pliers had been red before, but paint had worn off. And in the second episode, I talked to a professional hillbilly, a.k.a. Dr. Daniel Pierce of UNC Asheville, to find out the real history of moonshiners and their battles with the revenuers. He wrote about one of his experience of trying to chase down this uh, this bootlegger and this this souped up car, and he he complained that the government gave him these piece of crap, cheapo cars, and that, that were really no match. But he thought he was doing pretty good, and then the guy just hits it and just takes off and practically disappears. But then the guy makes a bootleg turn uh, and comes back towards him. And as he said, it was a game of chicken, and I was the chicken. And so he ran off the road. And actually, he was the guy who, who caught Junior Johnson at his daddy's steal when Junior got tangled up in a, in a barbed wire fence. So check out the Moonshine and Motorsports Racing Podcast, available on YouTube, DailyDownForce.com, and all of your favorite podcasting platforms. And be sure to check out my regular show on NASCAR history, the Scene Vault Podcast. Hey there, NASCAR fans. Have you got your copy of the latest edition of NASCAR Pole Position Print Magazine? If not, there's no better time than now to subscribe at PolePositionMag.com. NASCAR Pole Position is the only print magazine covering NASCAR. Officially licensed by NASCAR, NASCAR Pole Position Magazine is published throughout the NASCAR season, and each edition is an instant collector's item. Backed with great feature stories and photography. The magazine is even mailed to you in a poly bag for those who love to collect NASCAR memorabilia. At PolePositionMag.com, you can even find past issues available to purchase. Get your subscription to NASCAR Pole Position and get great NASCAR content delivered straight to your mailbox throughout the season. Learn more at PolePositionMag.com. That's PolePositionMag.com. Eric Estep here. One of my favorite parts of being a NASCAR fan is collecting diecasts. It's how I got my start on YouTube, actually. To me, a room is not complete until it features shelves of NASCAR diecast cars. It's as good a time as ever to continue your collection or begin an all-new one by pre-ordering your favorite driver's 2022 next-gen diecast at LionelRacing.com or at any authorized Lionel retailer. Lionel is the official diecast of NASCAR, and don't miss Lionel Racing's NASCAR Authentics diecasts at a Walmart or Target near you. Not only is Lionel the official diecast of NASCAR, but they're also official supporters of the Out of the Groove Podcast Network. So what are you waiting for? Head to LionelRacing.com to order your favorite driver's 2022 diecast. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. 
It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Eric Step here. One of my favorite parts of being a NASCAR fan is collecting diecasts. It's how I got my start on YouTube, actually. To me, a room is not complete until it features shelves of NASCAR diecast cars. It's as good a time as ever to continue your collection or begin an all-new one by pre-ordering your favorite driver's 2022 next-gen diecast at LionelRacing.com or at any authorized Lionel retailer. Lionel is the official diecast of NASCAR, and don't miss Lionel Racing's NASCAR Authentics diecasts at a Walmart or Target near you. Not only is Lionel the official diecast of NASCAR, but they're also official supporters of the Out of the Groove Podcast Network. So what are you waiting for? Head to LionelRacing.com to order your favorite driver's 2022 diecast. What is up, everybody? Once again, we're back on my channel for the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. Uh, we have a really fun show for you guys tonight. Got plenty of stuff with the championship coming up. Got tons of stuff with Martinsville. And we have a really special guest. Uh, YouTuber Emp Lemon is joining us. Huge NASCAR fan. Emp, how are you doing tonight, man? Doing real good. You guys were fortunate to catch me on an upload day. Doesn't happen very often, so... Hmm. It's quite a uh, coincidental turn of events. But yeah. I'm excited to come here. I'm finally surrounded with my people. 
the NASCAR community. <laughs> there you it's go. Been a long time coming. Well, and we've we'll, embraced you too with the yeah. videos you've been putting out because we're mm-hmm. going to talk. We want to talk to you about the Talladega video you put out. I guess last month uh, here in a little bit, but like yeah. it's been pretty cool. I know all of us obviously been uploading videos on YouTube for years at this point. We're all NASCAR YouTubers, but to see you kind of, you know, join the club, I guess, and do it in a big way, that's been like that's been awesome. Like the more content, the better, and you're putting out the best stuff out there. So uh, that's been really fun. Absolutely. Yeah, thank you so much. I really appreciate the compliments. Welcome to our club. Well, I I want to jump into that uh, in a bit, but first I want to get all of us in on what happened this past weekend at Martinsville. Uh, I mean, it was absolutely nuts in person on the radio, Mm -hmm. watching it back on the broadcast. Uh, So Darren, you start us off. Let's start with the cup race. Uh, What's one big point that you took away from that? We'll get to the winner and everything, but like just one big point from the race itself. Uh, Man. Yeah. One one big point, I guess I can get this out of the way here is that um, just Martinsville as the as the cutoff race for um, for the championship error. No, excuse me, for the uh, the round of eight is absolutely thrilling. It's perfect. I think that's the perfect place it needs to stay and, and be at. I mean, there have been some people saying like, oh, make Martinsville the championship race. And while that would be cool, like I feel like having it here as like, you know, the cutoff race before the championship four is perfect because I mean, Jerry, I mean, we were both there in person and stuff. And man, just from start to finish, I mean, I felt like that race had a bit of, had a little bit of everything, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of cautions in the first two stages. It was really racy too. I mean, like, and, and, you know, visiting Martinsville for the first time, that is officially my new favorite track on the circuit. And, and, and I did not understand why it was for Jared at first, but now that I've been there in person, (laughs) It is the best. It has the best of everything to it. It has the high school football stadium feel that Jared's been talking about. And I recognize that right away. And then also, too, there's not a bad seat in the house. I mean, for the Xfinity race on Saturday, we were sitting in the lower sections and you can still literally see the whole track. Yeah. It's and, awesome. and and we'll talk more about how we were at the track uh, in a mm-hmm. bit. Uh, Eric or Danny, whichever one of you wants to go first, uh, watching it at home. What was it kind of the feel? Because like in person, there, there was a giant crowd i mean it was, it, it was bigger than when i was at the one in 2015 that uh that gordon won like it felt bigger than that like how was that whole atmosphere on the broadcast it, it had um i guess the race itself had an old school nascar kind of feel to it because like yeah well i say old school in the sense that there was more drama on the racetrack than i think we're used to here lately uh but also it being uh, kind of new school in the sense of you really didn't know who was going to make it in at one point. At one point I thought that, you know, Hamlin having to start from the back and have so many issues start, I thought Hamlin was going to Hamlin it and and lose his spot in the championship four. Yeah. I I mean, the first 400 or so laps were pretty straightforward. Like you felt like Hamlin obviously had to start at the rear, but he worked his way forward, got a penalty, worked his way forward again. And you thought, okay, Hamlin's safe. Chase Elliott's run up front, leading the most laps. Obviously Larson's locked in. It looked like Truex kind of like everyone expected, you know, doing his typical Martinsville thing, running up in the top three, leading a few laps here and there. Bush was struggling a little bit. Blaney was especially struggling. So it looked like the championship four was set. And then those last like 60 laps, all hell broke loose as his you know, prone to happen at Martinsville. And, you know, you had Bush in for a while. You had, you know, Blaney even started making a comeback. Keselowski was making that charge there in the closing laps. And it was, it was really exciting. As for how TV covered it, like, yeah, clearly they, they made it, they made it a point of emphasis to acknowledge the size of the crowd. I know Dale Jr. was tweeting about it beforehand. The president of Martinsville Speedway was saying this is the biggest crowd they've had in five years. So they made it a point of emphasis. I'm sure 
some of that was in their production notes because of the, all the attention circuit the America's got for the F1 race a couple of weeks ago, but uh, it was, you guys were there in person. It sounds like it was impressive. It looked like a good crowd on TV, only a few gaps in the stands here and there. So yeah, like, like Danny said, it had sort of an old school feel to it. And I thought NBC's coverage, especially in the closing laps was fantastic. The way they did uh, similar to how they did Bristol a few weeks ago when that race was getting crazy. They had three different windows on screen throwing, showing three different important battles. In fact, I think when Bowman spun Hamlin, that was during they, they like battle for yes. the lead guy getting spun and they still had other things on camera. Cause that's how much action was going on. Like they didn't even have that focus because it wasn't the only crazy thing happening on track at that moment. So it, mm-hmm. it was a good time. It was fun. How about you? Um, what'd you, uh, what'd you think of the race? Well, in addition to the cup race, I watched all three races for the weekend actually. And, uh, so last year I remember they, uh, they named a race, the unhinged 300. And now I tune in to Martinsville weekend and I think every race is the unhinged 300 because I don't know. I've been watching NASCAR since about 06 and I don't think I've ever seen this many people kind of just get dumped out of the lead. It, it, it feels like it's sort of an unprecedented movement happening in NASCAR where kind of like the driver etiquette has broken down to a level where you you're starting to see like multiple people get dumped out out of the lead in one race where if if that happened in the two thousands, it would be like an anomaly, Mm -hmm. but with these playoff races, the sense of urgency has just been getting so extreme where it it just feels like kind of no one is safe. It's almost starting to feel like where it's like a Daytona or Talladega where the guy in the lead if you're in that situation and, and the guy coming up in second place is fighting for that transfer spot, you, you get you you get this increasing sense that the guy in the lead is going to be toast. And I'm very surprised that Kyle Busch did not um, at least move Bowman, or maybe maybe he uh, he overdrove the last corner and couldn't actually get to him. But I'm I was very very heavily anticipating that happening. And uh, luckily, we got a clean finish, which I prefer. It's preferable to see guys race cleanly for position because it's more of like a skillful battle. Like Technically, anyone could go out and just like dump anyone. Mm -hmm. But I remember just watching uh, like Johnson and Jeff Gordon have great battles at Martinsville. And they did it cleanly. And it was always uh, super compelling. So I want to kind of get your take, too. Uh, I, I don't even know which... For the cup race, at least, because we'll we'll go through all of them. But like for the cup race, at least, what one to go over first? I I, I have like a list here of the different fights or different things back and forth. I have Hamlin versus Bowman, Hamlin versus Chase Elliott, Hamlin versus Chase Elliott fans, KFB <laughs> versus Keselowski, and then Quinn Half versus Josh Balicki. <laughs> that like, happened right in front of me and Jared. That was great. What's uh, awesome. they, they they penalized how five yeah. laps for that? Yep. Did you guys? Yeah. Okay, I wasn't sure if they made it to y'all in the <laughs> so, stands. I, I was like, whoa, okay. I'll, I'll say this right now. We we saw that like we were both recording and stuff, uh, and it was like the common theme of the night. We had that Dale Junior quote. We were like, "Get your phone out, get your camera out." Yeah, like, we constantly we kept saying that the whole time. Um, and we I think we both put our phones down because we're like, "Oh, okay, nothing's gonna happen." And then all of a sudden, that happens in front of us. Oh, we, so yeah, we all scream and everything, and then Darren and I end up having to sit back down because we're laughing too damn hard at the whole situation. <laughs> that was, was a funny one, um, and I it was. I mean, I get you know people being upset with it, but 
when you have two guys in the back like that who are going at each other like that with the safety there was that safety truck was a lot closer i heard a lot of people saying it wasn't close maybe it didn't look close on tv but like in person right there it looked right there yeah. Um, it, looked, it looked pretty close on tv honestly okay so maybe, I, maybe people the are only thing i felt bad for half was because like it looked like the safety truck came out from behind the wall after Half had already gone by. So like, I'm not sure he could have seen the truck was there. Mm-hmm. So I, that was the only problem I had with the severe penalty, but mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I don't know. I guess it safety first, obviously. Well, what was funny about that too, is I was scrolling on Twitter, like a few minutes after it happened and apparently the NASCAR tower was like threatening to penalize Half even more because the crew, like, I guess like they, they, you know, were, you know, complaining about it and stuff like that. But my thing is, aren't they about to like, um, are, aren't they about to uh, seize operations pretty here pretty soon? They have nothing I doubt to they lose. Are, you know? Who cares? Yeah, they have nothing to lose. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, no. Qu- Quinn Huff is five more laps down. Hey, RIP to <laughs> There's 38th instead of 39th. RIP uh, to Starcom Racing. One final moment to go out on, right? Thanks. Yeah. Well, well, let's get to uh, let's get to the the little verses back and forth. I actually had a little bit of stakes to it. Um mm-hmm. Let's start with, with with the one that Emp you had talked about. You can kind of lead us off here a little more with it. Kyle Busch and Brad Kozlowski at the end. You know, Kyle <laughs> Busch not going at at um, uh, Bowman, but I was surprised that like coming out of four, it looked like from my view, Kozlowski kind of just like door slam Kyle Busch. Well, I guess in that case, he's probably thinking like maybe like on the small chance that the 48 gets disqualified or something and the win goes to second place, then he's got to try and get it. But yeah, it, looking at it live, it seemed pretty unnecessary. And Kyle Busch, even in the interview afterwards, he was like, Man, what the hell was he doing? Or maybe not, not in the interview, but like on the radio, I remember they played something over the broadcast where Kyle Busch was like bemused at like, why the hell is Keselowski just slamming into me and spinning me out after the race is over? Yeah, he said a little bit more after the race, too, which we'll probably yeah. get into later. Yeah. <laughs> we pretty much know where that went. Keselowski yeah. was hitting him. He was just trying to help him pass post-race inspection, trying to get that quarter panel back in line. <laughs> you know? That's... But also, I think they've been very upfront, like, hey, we don't like each other. So, yeah, I, I, it, it really doesn't surprise me that Keselowski yeah. didn't race him that hard, to be honest with you. Kyle Busch and Brett Keselowski is a – well, it's at this point, it's, a, it's about an over 10-year rivalry at this point. It started back yeah. in 2010. Yeah, keep it coming. Much. And I'm I'm gonna keep everybody waiting for like the actual verses we want to talk about. Let's go to Hamlin v Chase fans here. Now oh. I I tweeted about this and I saw a lot of people had some strong feelings about this. Um they were nuts. Like, I mean, like I, I make jokes about Chase fans every now and then, and don't get me wrong, this is not about all of them. Like, I know plenty mm-hmm. of Chase fans who are chill right. people. Like, I, I, I had to put that disclaimer out there. But like, it, but God dang, it, they're crazy, man. Dude, in they're our, in our section, yeah. they literally were flipping off anybody who was near Chase. And anybody, then, and, and then they like, so like after the race, you know, we'll talk about it in a bit. Like, th- like someone saw, oh, a beer can hit uh, Hamlin. No, they were throwing that stuff the whole damn race. Like <laughs> there was beer flying from the stands. I, it was like 2004 Talladega, the whole race. They were flipping them off the whole time, cussing at and they were cussing at other people's fans. I like I was like, did, am I watching a NASCAR race like 
with Eagles fans. Like, like are we, or, 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 uh, or Raiders fans too. You know what I mean? Like that's I didn't a, feel like that's that was a comparison a I could think of. <laughs> yeah. That's a comparison I could but, think of, but yeah, no, that to, to Jared's point. Yeah. They were just absolutely just crazy the entire race. So it's like, it didn't matter if like anybody was racing Chase Elliott clean or dirty or they would just flip them off every see, time, like almost every lap. <laughs> I, I guess I can't relate to that with my Martinsville experience. My Martinsville experience was 2017. And obviously mm-hmm. the Chase fans there, obviously we're not happy, but neither was the whole uh crowd when that happened but at that point chase still chase in 2017 wasn't chase today he did not have near the fan base that he does today so i can't really relate to that knowing how the martinsville crowd experience is like when that happens see that that's the thing back in 2017 chase elliott got spun out from the lead and the crowd booed hamlin because hamlin's the one who spun him out fast forward to 2021 Bowman spins Hamlin out. Hamlin did nothing wrong all day long. Gets spun out for the win, and he still gets booed. Like I just, yeah, yeah. something yeah. about Martin's. But like Emp, you're saying about like racing, I can I fully agree that drivers I feel like are more aggressive these days. Some of it's the playoffs, some of it's just a mentality. But I think the fans almost are bought into it too. The fact that they're booing Hamlin in his home state for getting wrecked <laughs> for the win. So like, yeah, I, I, yeah. And Hamlin said after the race, you know, he said what? What did he say about Chase Elliott fans that they that they don't think straight they can't or something think straight. like that? Yeah, yeah. they can't think. So straight. yeah, I, I'm um, sure he's, at, he's gonna get booed. He's gonna at, get way more booed. At the same time, I don't. Cheers. I don't think Hamlin was thinking too straight himself after that race. So what? no, no. Hamlin was unhinged. He he tried <laughs> to do, replicate this final scene from Baby Driver. I. <laughs> For a second, I thought he was going to go full cold trickle on Alex Bowman. And if he had done that, <laughs> goodbye, Championship Four. Well, let's, yeah, I mean, let's go okay, right go into that. I want yeah, uh, Danny, was... you're the Bowman fan. You're the mm. fan of the hack. I want you to, to, to lead <laughs> us off with this one. <laughs> so, okay. So let's get before that. Uh, so let's go back to last week. And once again, I threw myself into a situation where I thought I was going into the win picks. And y'all put the pressure on me and told me to pick someone to suck. I was like, I don't know, Bowman's gonna suck. I guess hey, you pick Bowman to suck every single week. I <laughs> oh no, no, not 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 every, every other single week. week. Not every, every single week. week. No, <laughs> I picked him to suck too, by the way. But but Damn. this is now the third time I've done it, and he's actually surprised me and won the race. Uh, but throughout the entirety of the race, he started up the first little bit, kind of in the top fifteen. He wasn't making too much ground, but then all of a sudden they. They made some adjustments and he was just flying for the field. He was like 10th. And it was all of a sudden he's always fifth. Oh, he's second. He was second for most of the entire race at that point. He was running down Chase Elliott, but there'd be a caution every, I don't know how many laps. So he was better on long run, terrible on short run. And then as the race progressed, he was definitely faster than Hamlin. I you gotta say he was faster than Hamlin. He, he was the faster car, but put in that kind of situation where you're running side by side like that, Basically, I I think what it come down to is what I say Hamlin did in 2017 was more or less came right up on Chase Elliott's back bumper, whereas Bowman we were running side by side, side by side. He's trying to make the pass, trying to make the pass. Basically, Bowman got pushed to the point he went a little too hard, and that's what happened. Yeah, I mean, it was an accident. He immediately radioed, like, ah, I didn't mean to do that. He said, yeah. like, it was obviously an accident, but you could also see that he didn't, he didn't feel bad about it I mean Hamlin's done it to people too and I think that's what a lot of fans are reacting uh, to you know it's Martinsville and, guys over over driving and spin each other out all the time I guess but still it's his fault like he made the mistake here's I think he understands that here's the argument we got to go back to now okay yes Bowman was eliminated from the playoffs in a round of 12 but 
you have a fast car, wins don't come easy in NASCAR, and if you've got a chance to win, especially when the coveted Martinsville grandfather clock, are you going to stay out of the way just because you're not a playoff driver? No, no, well, no. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm fine with him racing him. I just, it, it was his fault. He wrecked Hamlin. I mean, it's yeah. an accident, and Ham, but Hamlin had a right to be frustrated, even though it was an accident, because I think this also boils over because Hamlin even said it or he tweeted it later. You know, he got dumped by Chris uh, or Chase Briscoe at the Indy Road course when he was going to win that race. So he's, I just feel like he, he feels like he's been run over by young drivers a couple you know, of times this year. I and don't I think, think it's boiling to a, getting to a boiling point. I don't think he's like, no one's really said anything if, if those two have talked this week. I think they should talk because I don't personally feel like Hamlin feels that way about Alex. I feel more like it was just, like you said, it was more of a culmination of a lot of things that have happened this year. And I think back to Richmond where uh, Bowman beat him there. I think that probably come back into his mind where he said that I'd rather be where I'm at than be where Alex Bowman's at. And I think all that just kind of boiled up and just got him pissed off. Yeah. Like some, I'll go. I got Oh, sorry. No, you can go. I was gonna make a joke, but well, the real question, Danny, is how many t-shirts did you pre-order? <laughs> okay, I'm not. I, I, I pre-ordered one t-shirt, uh, and then I've also pre-ordered the diecast because personally, that is a good-looking race win diecast. I did yeah. it get confetti on it at the end. It got it got confetti. Oh, baby, confetti. Oh, <laughs> okay, it got it, it, it got confetti. The rear left tire is like rubbed, like there's no Goodyear on it. The uh, left right behind the front wheel it's got like a big dent in the side of it and like over on the right side of the front wheel it's like broken metal in half right there like it's it's a it's gonna be a good looking race win and he's got nice. some uh, fedex orange on that right front yeah, as well. so, yeah somewhere it is there yeah. uh, by Wait. the way for anyone noticing me uh for some reason the youtube side of it didn't get all the super chats loaded up so i'm using my phone to take a picture of the ones i missed that way I oh, get nice, everybody. nice so no, go youtube ahead. has been doing that a lot here lately for some reason yeah, yeah so it's just, weird you all go ahead i'm just i'm awkwardly trying to make sure i keep up with all this <laughs> yeah but no no but basically to add to more to danny's point stuff like yeah alex bowman i mean like it you know it was still his fault but it 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 clearly wasn't on on purpose here you know he but um I can also understand, you know, Hamlin being completely frustrated too. I mean, although it didn't affect, the, you know, his his uh, his championship chances here, it still cost him a win at his home track or um, one, uh, one of his two home tracks here. And now Alex Bowman not only won Martinsville, but he's won Richmond too. So that probably adds to to the uh, to the frust- uh, frustration more. But the one thing I didn't agree on um, with on um, about uh, about Denny Hamlin's rant here was, you know, he was like, you know, saying like how oh he was a hack and this and that. But the one part. I didn't agree with was that oh you know I got here you know the hard way I didn't have money blah 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 and stuff well I'm like thinking like yeah I totally understand that and while that's true I mean Bowman really didn't have any money here either I mean I remember the days when he was driving for Tommy Baldwin and and you know uh, and some of the hardships he would have to he would have to go driving for that team you know it's a riches story here just like Hamlin I want to say this too. So Slapshoes put out a video just ironically last Sunday, and it started off talking about a story mm-hmm. where uh, Alex's father basically took a sponsor and a ride away from a guy in favor yeah. of his son. But at the same time, so many people were quick to go to that and say Alex was a terrible person because that. I don't, I, I honestly no. not sure if he knew much about that, honestly. No, but yeah. kind of going back to, to, to the race on Sunday though, I, I to defend Denny Hamlin, like I know that people brought up 2017. They'll bring up 2008 Richmond. They'll bring up all these things about him. But bringing up the race itself, 
I understand why why he was so mad because he did race Bowman really clean. And I, mm-hmm. I get that Bowman yeah. made a mistake. Like that, you know, I'm not ripping on Bowman in any way for that. Um, but I, I gotta admit the way that, you know, he from what he probably thought it was, he probably thought that he got Logano'd the way that Truex did when Truex raced Logano clean a few years ago at Martinsville. In reality, of course, it was a mistake, but it's like mm-hmm. you know what? I like you talked about it earlier. I love fired up Denny. Like he's different yeah. this year, and I love it. Like love he him. gives he gives zero shits whatsoever. Like I was I was listening to one of the spaces he was in on Twitter. He literally just like, hey, uh, does anyone like want this car? Like twenty seven <laughs> grand, you can have it. And they're like laughing, and, and he's like, no, I'm serious. Like if if you want it, and he goes, eh, maybe I'll give it up to charity. People will like me for that, right? Like I mean, it seems like care. it seems like Denny's finally reached a point in his career where he's come so close so many times and he's by and large, even though he's had a few very unpopular incidents in the eyes of the fans, he has generally been a clean driver. Mm -hmm. And this is part of a greater issue. I think that's formed in NASCAR where there's sort of this generational gap where the new guys are coming in and they don't really race the same as the old guys. And like you said, Hamlin got, basically dumped by Chase Briscoe completely unnecessarily. And that took a win away from him at the Indy road course. And now, even though it was an accident from Bowman at the end of this Martinsville race, it still shows kind of a lack of discipline from a driver where you make that move knowing that if you overdrive the corner, you're going to smash into the guy and basically take him out. It's unfortunate that that happened. But if you look back in kind of, I guess, older times with guys like, I don't know, Gordon and Tony, if he wanted to race you clean, mm-hmm. he was capable of doing it. There's, there's a point, I think, where in the older days of NASCAR, particularly when the cars weren't as safe, and if you were to get in a wreck, there's a severe risk of injury, guys would often not make the move if it was there they would have the restraint and the discipline to be able to say, okay, that's not going to work. I'll back out, build up some momentum for the next few laps and then try again. It's just this new, this seems like this new emergent form of racing where if the moves there, the guy's going to take it. And then it becomes like a game of chicken where two cars going to the same spot. Someone's going to get dumped. Yeah, I agree. I think it's a combination of two things. One, you know, the younger generational gap here too. You know, these cars have been super safe for a while now and stuff. I mean, obviously you can still get hurt in them and stuff, but they are much more safer than they were 20 years ago. And the second part of that is the current playoff system we have, you know, the win in your end thing. So it's like when there's an opportunity to, uh, um, uh, when there's a, uh, a chance to, uh, to win a race and stuff, then, you know, these drivers, they're not just, you know, they're not points racing anymore. They're like, Hey, I got to, you know, seize, uh, seize the moment now. Well, it's yeah. funny. Cause it's not just drivers. Like in some cases, I understand when like Chase Briscoe at the Indy road course, even though I think that was, you know, he obviously overstepped and wrecked Hamlin. He's going for his first win. Like there's jitters. There's that excitement. I can kind of get it. Like Tyler Reddick this year has made a couple mistakes near the front of the field. Like I get it. You're going for your first win, but like in other cases, like Alex Bowman this weekend, he's not in the playoffs anymore. He's going for Martinsville win, but maybe in the case of Bowman, it's, you know, he's chasing a longer contract extension. You know, he signed for through 2023, yeah. but he still has that chip on his shoulder. Like I have to prove, you know, he's the fourth Hender guy most of this year, at least mm-hmm. in many people's eyes, even though he has more wins than Elliot and Byron, but yeah. you know, he feels like he needs to prove himself. There's a desperation partially due to the playoff format, 
But I think also just the nature of the business, everything's more one and two year contracts. You don't get like five, 10 year deals for drivers anymore. So everyone's like racing for their next job and sponsors like to see them in victory lane. Team owners like to see wins at the end of the day. Like look at Ross Chastain. He, you could see early on, he was aggressive in the truck and Xfinity series. He pissed Harvick off, up, pissed Harvick off like in 2018, whatever year that was, but Chip Ganassi loved him. Cause he won, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, the rectory yeah. won. And like, that was enough to keep him in their system for two years until he finally got a ride this season. Like, so I, I just think wins Trump all. And I think drivers know that, or at the very least, if that's not the case, that's how people feel. It's how drivers seem to look at it. Like, you know, Jeb Burton winning a race this year, that was a huge deal for him. Cause it's like, that might save my career. Like just winning one race, a rain short race, Talia, that might save my career. Like, I, I just think which we talk about with Hemrick all the time. If he can win a race. If he can win a race, he's going to go yeah. go places. You know. Oh my God, he got <laughs> ho- he kind of got hosed. Well, yeah, what, uh, not like in a rigged way, but like yeah. God, like he was cruising into the sunset, and then oh no, I jinxed him out. again. I well, jinxed him again. Sorry. Yeah, we'll, we'll, let's get to that in a minute. I want to get real <laughs> quick finishing finishing off Martinsville here. Um, yeah, wrap it up. We, we got our final four. All right, so we got Larson, yeah. Yeah. Elliott, Hamlin, and Truex, and we'll get into it in the later segments. Um, but I, I want to ask, like, basically, do we could could we get a more like evenly set when you when you start looking actually in depth at like the stats, how they've done it at the seven fifty tracks, tracks like Phoenix season overall, could we get a more evenly matched final four? I think this is really, in my opinion, like you know the the most deserving final four up to this point in the uh, playoff era because you know yeah. looking at the stats too, these four drivers actually are uh, first, second, third, and fourth in most laps led. In laps led, exactly. So, I mean, you know, in this whole system where it's like, you need to run up front, you need to win, yada, yada, yada. So, it's perfect. I mean, and also, um, you know, it's also old guard versus new guard here, too. I mean, uh, Truex does have have his um, his championship from 2017. Hamlin still doesn't. But they've been uh, very respectable drivers in the sport for, um, for decades now. And then also, you know, Kyle Larson, his first Final Four appearance. This is a dream come true for Kyle Larson fans. Always been talking for years. Just he needs the equipment. Get him out of chip no. No, the, put him in like a Hendrick car. The, the conversation Go also was if he can just make it to Homestead. Yes, and, and also, yeah, yeah, and, that's it. And now that don't matter. Yeah, yeah exactly. That doesn't <laughs> matter. Just throwing out the window and stuff. And he's um, still one of the favorites. And then also Chase Elliott, uh, you know, the defending yeah. champion as well. So we'll see. I went back and I rewatched my playoff prediction video. And uh, I'm actually surprised I got the championship four correct. This is the exact championship four that I predicted months ago. You did. Wow. You did. Nice. You did get it right. I, I was like, I was actually not far off. I, I I just missed like really like one, maybe two drivers each round. That was yeah. Uh, I, I saw somebody on your Twitter was like, "Well, you underestimated Blaney," but I'm like, I'm like, well, there was nothing after, to suggest. After, after last year, what would you yeah, expect? You know, exactly. Like, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, like he had the same stats as Bowman essentially going into it, but Bowman did what I expected Blaney to do. Right. Well. Real quick, let's let's get into uh, last little bit here about the Cup race, and because we got this this Xfinity race was that was wild, and the truck race, <laughs> wow. was yeah, wow, uh, to say the touch least. on that. <laughs> uh, looking at the ratings this week, uh, the Cup race got a one point six one with two point six two seven million viewers, so down two percent in ratings, four percent in viewership. Which I mean, I guess we're looking at silver linings here. It's not down as much as the last three years have been, so it's kind of leveling out. I guess we can be. If we want to be positive about it there. Uh, but something that did go up this week, uh, Darian, we, we didn't hit a record for it. But what, what do you... The, yeah. The, 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 
The pool, the Taylor's Iceberg Pool. I was waiting for it. I thought he was dead talking there. No, all good. All good. So we had we had almost 16,000 votes uh, this week, Ooh. which is closing back in on that record. 66% of you said this was a great race. 23% wow. of you said it was good. So net positivity, 89%, which is around the top 15, top 20 since we started this. Seven of you, or 7% of you, said that this was an average race. 1% said below average. 2% said bad. So 3% net negative. And of course, Denny Delivers is the top comment. Of course. Are, yes. we, are we shocked? Um, he puts, uh, you know it's an insane and intense race when NBC is broadcasting triple screens for the race win and points. Um, so let's see. Um, Thomas Franco, that's just short track racing. Denny Ham, I mean, Alex Bowman, 2021. Um, Ooh, like they crossed his name out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they, they did. Uh, let's see. OBG Gamer, he's a longtime viewer here. Uh, Denny, it's just short track racing. Also, Denny, he's effing terrible. <laughs> he's a hack. He's a hack, you know. Listen, I, I, like I said, I'll, I'll defend Denny, but at the same time, it was pretty damn funny. Um, yeah. I'm trying to find one that's not about Denny or the crowd booing that's gonna, Denny. That's going to be hard. <laughs> Are they booing Denny in the comment section as well? Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, here's one that's not <laughs> – they seriously are. Um, here's one that's not as much about that in general. Uh, from Toby Lou 8 says, Polling shows 10% of respondents are insane. The most recent iteration of the chase has made racing for position very important, and it shows at Martinsville. Rubbins Racing is now Reckons Racing. Last several Martinsville races are now classics. So someone positive about it. I, I like to give yeah. something a little different for the change. Uh, I love this username. Bruh underscore I'm underscore A underscore Pigeon says, Stage one, decent. Stage two, I don't know. I was in line for a hot dog almost for the entirety of it. Stage three, amazing. Seriously, okay. Dude, the line was super yeah. long. Yeah, I brought this up before. These lines are absolutely insane. Yes. Darian and I were in line for two hours for a damn hot dog, and we got there early, and we missed like. The we, first got there early, mm. we got there early, bro. We got there. Wait, was it wait. worth it? Yes. Wait, you said yes, yes. Because a hot dog. No, you have to buy them in no, no. batches when okay. you get there. No, I right. okay. I I bought sixteen, but I okay. bought eight. <laughs> what the? F did you eat all? They're that good. Yeah. Yes, they're that good, bro. Oh they're, that good. they're still small. <laughs> Eric, Eric eight, eight hot dogs times two. That's sixteen dollars. That's not much. But yeah. it's a lot of what? It's just the, I mean, a lot of dog. What the? But but, but, but Eric, Eric, it's you you gonna have it for dog. later? Yeah. <laughs> like exactly. put them behind your ears like a pencil for later. Like, yeah. bring a backpack like I did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, save some sense. ammunition to throw at Denny after the race. But no, we basically yeah, missed the first I, seventy. Oh, I know that that's only me. I'm a Tennessee fan. I would throw mustard instead. No, but basically we missed. We ended up missing the first seventy-five laps to uh, waiting in line for these hot dogs, and we were there early. We, so, were, we were there as early as could be. Funny thing uh, for people who haven't been to Martinsville, on top of the hot dog stands, they have two old CRTVs <laughs> that are super fuzzy. That are like old 1970s style TVs. Yes, so uh, the place has so much character to it. I have I, one favorite track. Oh, go ahead. One of them had static and the other one had some static and stuff. It, it was crazy. It was, it was awesome. like, it's like, it's like the only thing new school about Martinsville is they put in safer barriers and they have 
a like a screen in the middle of the track. That's the newest thing that they have. And the there. lights. Wait, they put the they put lights. And the lights. The yeah. lights. And the lights as well. Yeah. But uh, but pretty much everything else and all of the uh, the freaking people surrounding it are stuck in their ways because me and Jared we were trying to find a place to park and we were and uh, we were like, hey, can we park here? Sure. Uh, do you take debit? No. Like, what the heck? Like, literally, yeah, literally the track, the track itself won't accept cash, but all the people for parking that you have to pay for want cash only. Like, it makes no oh sense. My <laughs> oh, my no God. No sense. And get get Venmo. For, get cash app or something. They charge for parking all the way out there? Dang. Yeah. Um, but it, it was worth it. Uh, it was worth it. Let's see. One last comment before we go to the first comment, and we can all guess uh, on that one. Um. <laughs> From Aaron says, I loved it as you had fighting between Bowman and Hamlin in the front. The recovery drive from Truex, who honestly I root for simply because of the charity work he does. And then you had the drama of Ryan Blaney falling back. And poor Blaney. He choked yeah. away. All poor Penske guy. did. Penske had Penske, all yeah. three cars. And Penske then, got out. BTFO. Out, bro. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> like we, I, I think Darren and I, with like 150 to go, we're like, are all three of them going to miss it? Like we but then Keslowski, Keslowski almost he he was close he was close though. I did not expect Keslowski to be the one pressuring them at no. the end. There. Like that that I would have picked Blaney obviously. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm scrolling all the way down. We got like six or seven hundred comments to to scroll through oh here. Oh um, my goodness! So let's get to what the first comment was. Uh, I want to ask you guys now while I'm scrolling. Do you think it'll be positive or negative? I'm getting ne- negative. If you haven't seen this before, whoever leaves the first comment almost always has something negative to say about the race or the drivers, like they're trashing someone. So I'm going to say negative. They're probably pissed that the hot dog line was so long. That's my guess. What do you think? Mm. Yeah. What do you think? I think it'll be positive. I'm an optimist. I'm going to go with positive this week. I'm going to go with positive. Prepare to be destroyed. (laughs) The profile picture is Joey Logano laughing. Oh, oh no! It's over. And the the username is LD Giggles Fan Twenty Two, <laughs> and it's two words, it's... just two words. Two words. Holy shit! <laughs> That's positive. That's positive. And then is is it neutral? That's that, that, that sounds negative to me. Like what? Well, he, he's a Logano fan. They, they what, said a, a they said wait they said a cuss word. So negative. Is he a Logano fan or a hater? Because if he's a Logano hater, then he's probably happy no. that Logano got eliminated. He's probably happy that the race was so it, entertaining. I mean, he's probably a hater seeing how he calls Logano giggles. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think he was just reacting to the hot dog line. So I think I was right. <laughs> but yeah, well, that was seriously long, though. It was really long. But well, it was worth it. Totally thank good. you all for voting in the poll. We got one more this this uh, this year. Hopefully the reception. I've never been to Phoenix, but hopefully the reception is good enough. I can put it out. Uh, but let's really quick, before we start talking about Phoenix, we still have a little bit more of Martinsville to talk about here. Mm-hmm. Let's get to that, that Xfinity race. So um, oh. really quick, <laughs> I want to say this right now. Slap and I were about to throw Darian's ass onto the track. <laughs> Dude, I jinxed two drivers. No, so, okay, so we're under the red flag. And, you know, we're friends, friends of the show with, with uh, Ryan Vargas. You know, we talked with him a bit. And um, Dar- or Darian just goes, man. Vargas has stayed out of trouble today under the red flag. You know, he's like 16th. He's like, he stayed out of trouble today. He's done really well. And then the the yellow comes back out and everyone goes. Vargas's car doesn't start for like three laps. 
It doesn't start. Oh and God. then I and then and then we ended up catching up with him after the race. And then I told him that, and uh, he basically told me, "Please don't, please don't talk about me ever again." <laughs> <laughs> you keep your you keep my name out of your mouth, Darian. Yeah, pretty much. And then the second one, yeah, was minute, uh, talk Daniel Hammer. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, it looks like it's his night, and both <laughs> Slap and I are like. All right, grab his legs and his arms, throw him. I mean, you didn't jinx him that bad. He still made it. Yeah, he could have won, though. He could have won. Slap says in the chat that Darian almost got yeeted. Is that true? I did. I did, yeah. We were ready. We were ready. And then I'll I'll bring something up about Gregson a little later, um, (laughs) especially about his win. But anyway, um, where do we even start? Do we want to start with Daniel Hemrick? Like, you brought brought him up earlier. Man, so Daniel Hemrick... This is just like one of the most bizarre things I've ever seen in sport. I might have to make a video about it one day. If he if he oh. keeps up this losing streak, like this is bordering on just like literally cursed. Like if you think of all the weird ways that a bunch of people have gotten like fluke wins in NASCAR and Hemrick hasn't been in position for any one of them. Like I, I think about like James Busher winning the 2011 Xfinity Daytona race where like 11 cars crashed in front of him. And he was like far behind, just drove in. Yeah, it, it becomes it becomes like so cosmically unfair when you consider there's moments like this. There's like Justin Haley winning the his first cup race because Kurt Busch pits when NASCAR <laughs> says the, it's one to go and then immediately throws the caution for rain. So you got all these people getting like wins. You, you got even guys this year, not, not even like at a fluke, but like Jeb Burton gets a win. Myatt Snyder gets a win. Uh Brandon Brown gets a win mm-hmm. and Daniel Hemrick has to watch all of this happen. And he's like, I, I hope my day comes soon. I hope it comes soon. But it does, doesn't. I feel like Daniel Hemrick at this point, like could be personified with that meme of uh, Squidward where he's like homeless and has a cup, like just like asking for a win. Like that's Daniel <laughs> Hemrick at this point. Like, please. Like, like like, I, I can't root for anyone else in the Xfinity series until this guy wins a race. It's like, so, did did I'm, you by chance see the pre- the post race press uh, presser with him, Almondinger, and Cindric by chance? Up? Yes, and Cindric was like, uh, "When are you going to win already?" Well, I did not see so, that, well, but well, so they made they made like one joke about it, you know, just amongst themselves. But then like every single question went to Daniel about not winning, and they're like, "Okay," and then Cindric goes. Okay, if somebody else asks one more question about him not winning, I might come down there and like. So, I'm, Daniel, you haven't won yet. <laughs> it's, I mean, just, it's just soul crushing. It really is. It's I mean, like God, well, please he, just win one time. He's oh like, he's like, if he wasn't points racing, I wouldn't have been in position to win this race tonight. Like he would have won if he wasn't points racing. And yeah, it's like, they uh, were defending him basically. They were like getting pissed, like, "Hey, stop asking that. He's still good." You know what I mean? So, I mean, he's like, our friend. Now it's gotten to the point where, you know, some people are saying, oh, Daniel Hemrick's a bust. He's this and that. He's not a bust at all. He's in the championship four. He's extremely consistent. Yeah, exactly. He's okay. In the three- okay. Would I say he is a cup series bust at this point? Maybe debatable. I mean, he had one year. I mean, like, he won rookie of the year. Yeah, that is, I, I guess By you default, could debate that. He's not I mean, Sorensen. Yeah, exactly. At no. the end of the day, he is extremely consistent with whatever team he goes to. His problem is he just can't close the deal. And not just the Cup Series, the Xfinity, all three series. He just can't close the deal yet. And this this week was was hard to watch. I like Noah Gregson. I know we've had him on the show. He's fun to talk to at the very least. But 
Gregson just outplayed him like on that final restart. Yeah, I know it felt did. bad that the, he was probably, was probably going to win unless, unless that caution came out, obviously. But once the restart happened, Gregson went the clean route, which was yeah. shocking. You know, all the drivers getting punted all weekend long. Gregson raced him. Straight yeah, fair, up. fair play to Gregson. That was an amazing move on the outside. Yeah. I was, I was a surprise. I think we we're all surprised. I think everyone, he surprised the world that he didn't, you know, put well, the bumper to well, N- NBC was setting up the narrative. They're playing all the vignettes with the pre-race interviewers. Like I'll do anything to win. I'll put a bulldozer on the front of my car, like screw everyone else. You're going the fence. But then in his ultimate defining moment, he races clean. And that <laughs> definitely, I definitely think a lot of people got a newfound respect for him after that. Yeah. Hey, if, if I can take a moment to talk about this, I'm wanting to say last year, it was either Bristol or Martinsville. And I can't remember which track it was at this point. But one of those short tracks last year, he shotgunned a beer with someone after the race. And then after he won this one, does that on live TV. So funny thing about that. I'll I'll talk about it now. So we caught up with Noah after the race and he had had a few. So maybe maybe he's just sort of like saying it in the moment. But I said, I I, I told him straight up, hey, Noah, like, so I'm going to be at Phoenix and in the stands. Um, If you win the championship, like I'll go by the start finish line. Like you want to shotgun a beer with me? He's like, yeah, let's do it, man. Let's you, do should it. Have, you, you should have asked him, what's your favorite beer? I'll, I'll have it ready he, for you. It, I think I'm I said to him through the fence. Well, yeah, I'm going to get a, a long top of Bush because I think he likes that, even though I'm not crazy about Bush. Um, because like I've noticed he's drank a few of those before, and he had one that night. He he looked a little sloshed, though, so I don't know like if he remembers or not, Honestly, but I'll be down he, there. <laughs> he looks sloshed 24-7, 365. I don't think I've ever had a conversation with him where I didn't feel like he was – like, like well, go looking somewhere his brain was somewhere else yeah. well, it was funny because me daring and slap were down there it was where we met up with uh ryan he said he watches all of us yeah. i was like oh thanks yeah, yeah. we're like hey, i know good. yeah we're like we're like good win and he goes oh thanks oh i know oh you guys. Hey. he's like hey yeah he just started doing that i'm like hey what's up i was like oh shit um, he gave me a he gave me a uh, a uh, a certain NASCAR bus suggestion. I won't say who it is, but he gave. Me, I was laughing. I was laughing about it. Though. We'll talk about that one after it, the it, show. It, we'll it, it is it is kind of funny though though to hear that because you often think like okay yeah we we've we've, we've uh, had drivers on our show before like but I, I'm like at an SRX race at Nashville. I don't we've had Haley Deegan on here. I don't expect her to know me when she sees me there randomly. Yeah. So, but he watches us. I appreciate yeah. it. I can't, I, I won't say what he said, but it was funny. As hell. <laughs> yeah, um, was. But kind of, kind of going back to, to, uh, to the race itself really quick. I want to, I want to go back to, you know, we talked about how good Noah Gregson had done and kind of bucking the narrative, but like Ty Gibbs and Sam Mayer just sort of continued theirs. Hey, uh, especially Ty. Let me say this though. Let me tell y'all something, man. I like Sam Mayer. I know we've been hard on him this year and rightfully so, but you have to give him props. He was on his 2006 Dale Jr. Spring Martinsville type mode, comes back, finishes inside the top five. There is a talented driver in well, there somewhere. I'm Darian, you. Wow. you remember how we were like, hey, how did he get that damage? Like, well, I went back and watched the replays. Ty Gibbs gave him that damage. He broke his <laughs> check. He did, yeah. He, he was pulled mad a- that he raced him. Pulled a Robbie Gordon on Michael Waltrip at the 06 New Hampshire race. That's, that's right. <laughs> that's right. No, bro. man. It was like, so like for a while he was a couple laps down and we just sort of like watched him sort of putter by. Um, but then I, I think it was like with 15 or 16 to go, we're like, hold on a second. Sam's in the, the top, top 10. 10. He's ahead of Josh all, Berry. He's ahead and of then all like, of a, these good drivers. And then all of a sudden, a few costumes goes by, like, whoa, he's in the top five. Like, he might have a shot to win this thing, maybe, you know? But yeah. Hey, P4. 
Good yeah, he bounced back. That was impressive. But Ty Gibbs, man, just go <laughs> you go one week without doing something. Because then he got spun later on when Gregson and Cindric made contact. Got that him was in. funny. That so was then what did he, he said over the radio, he was like going to hunt him down. He was like threatening to go Dude. wreck Gregson. I'm like, oh, don't so, do that. Don't, so don't, that don't. Last, oh, my God. That last green run before the last caution, when, when Gregson was in Ooh. the lead and pulling away, mm-hmm. we could hear him like letting off early and letting Gregson mm-hmm. catch him. Like, oh my he, God. Was, <laughs> he was dead ass going to do a Matt Kenseth. Oh, no. His crew his crew was like, hey, don't, don't no, he, do the this, first please. thing. The first thing he said is he goes, who has Matt Kenseth's number on the radio? <laughs> and I'm like, what? Like, he, like me and Darian and Slap were all like, we're in the perfect spot. We're right and here. And then the caution came one. out. We were, the yeah, that was the most out. disappointed I'd been for a like, caution oh, in a long time. Oh, and uh, y'all are out for blood. You're no better than Chase Elliott fans. <laughs> no, no, I, we were just sitting there like, how, how is this going to happen? And like, we, yeah. I like, let's be, let's be real. If Ty Gibbs did do that to Noah Gregson, Noah would get out and like, punch him till he did see jesus like he'd he probably would be so well, that, that would be like a 2012 phoenix situation yes. the crews are mm-hmm. completely Look. emptying the bench luckily oh, yeah. for gregson he doesn't have to worry because uh john hunter nemechek is racing the 54 not ty gibbs this weekend yeah doesn't have to worry about that but yeah. um i want to also add to the funniest part after the race was the freaking chase elliott fan that was like boo yeah. the Gregson yeah. there was hilarious. there was a there was an elliott fan right there and we, we he, he he was pretty drunk but literally the entire yeah. interview was like boo you <laughs> suck Gregson sucks and like we're we're just like okay dude we're gonna we're gonna shimmy on this we were guy. laughing bro I was well dying. yeah we're like, laughing like, but i'm like i don't want to get anything with him like I, how you can be mad at the guy that drives a car that looks like your guy's car Mm-hmm. There can only just, be yeah. one number nine. Yeah, only one, right? He's an imposter. <laughs> <laughs> Noah looking real sus out there. Well, but, no, but props to Noah Gregson. He's uh, in the final championship four. Awesome. Yeah, well, that actually was leading right where I was thinking about, like, thinking of that at nine. He's in the championship four. AJ Allmendinger's in there. Yeah, all Hemrick in there who uh, might be a winless champion. There's, there's Might expose the system. Might Austin Sindrick also in there. So, guys, okay, we want to. Hasn't won since June. I know. That's, that's crazy. Or, no, I'm sorry, right. August. He won in Wait, no, did he win in August? Yeah, he won in August. Indy Road Course. Right? Yeah, one. Yeah. Still, one it's more. been like three months. What's, oh. what's crazy about this, though, is that, you know, it, on paper, it looks like. AJ and Cindric have been the best, but you don't see any of them saying that if anyone other than me and him win, it's a, it's flawed, like we've seen from Denny in the Cup Series. It, it, both of them seem like they're honestly in pretty high spirits, like they were talking really pretty comfortably with uh, Daniel Hemrick, too. It's all about these day and age. It's all about just getting to the championship four. I think like, like the same way college basketball teams will raise a banner whenever they make it to the final four, not necessarily win the national championship, just like, Hey, 1988, we went to the final four. I think NASCAR is going to start doing the same thing. Like championship <laughs> four appearances will be viewed like that. Like you'll get a ring or a banner or something for a championship four. I think you should. Cause I think you that's get a participation trophy. There you <laughs> go. Hey, <laughs> hey, front row motorsports! It'll hang up. We made the playoffs. Yes, we did it. Oh, we did it. No, let's not get crazy. Let's not get carried away here. No. Man, I was, we got the truck race right. Ask yes. Martins a little bit. Yeah, um, I, I, let's let's be real. I think like everyone is complaining about the cup race being a wreck fest. I saw people talking real quick. I saw people talking about the cup race and not liking it because there were too many wrecks and like oh, it was just a whole wreck fest the whole time. I don't no. get that because did you watch the truck race? Like. Did, uh, did you watch the end of the truck they could, race? They could barely get a few laps in. 88 out of 200 laps were under caution. Oh, dude, that's not even racing. That's just freaking oh my God. Wait, how, how many total cautions was there? Is that a record? 
14 is what I heard. I don't know if that's a record, 14. but that's a lot. But for the truck series, yeah, that's a lot considering there's only 200 <laughs> laps in right. Like, what? It's hard to wreck 14. That's just like 100 miles, right? It's a half mile. Yeah, like that's not even racing at that point. It's just tearing stuff up, man. Like, oh, my goodness. And then a, and then that final lap, too. Like, we were watching that. and whoa. Oh, my God. I, I had a feeling it was going to go down like that. 14 uh, cautions <laughs> for 89 laps. Oh, 89. I was close. 89. Uh, out of 204. Oh, my God. It, it seems like law and order has basically just disappeared in the truck series. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing it's because the average age in the series has become so low. And also, but too. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I, it's just I, I've never seen it like this where just so many people are getting just completely dumped. Maybe you see it like one time in like five races back in the day. But this is just like, man, it's like everyone around the whole track seems like they're just trying to claw for every single position and taking completely ridiculous risks. Well, I want, I want to, I want to point something out real quick. So the longest green flag run of the day of, of those 100 uh, and 15 laps that were green, 46 came in the opening run of the race. All right. I want you guys to take a guess. What was the longest? and, And if you know, don't say, but, if you don't take a guess, what was the longest green flag run after the first caution on lap 47? Six. 25. I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to say 13. I'll say 25. I'm going to say 30. Emp, you're damn close. 14. Oh, Whoa. my God. 14 <laughs> laps. That was the longest <laughs> green flag run from lap 47 to lap 203. Or 203. That's, that's like Mar- Martinsville laps. So that's like seven minutes of gr- green flag yeah. racing. It's the longest they can manage. Ugh. Yeah, that's that's pretty pathetic. And then I'm also starting to notice, I mean, like some of these drivers have either accepted it, just the fact that, hey, you know, it's the truck series. We're, we're you know, uh, just uh, going to wreck. Like, uh, like uh, Sheldon uh, Sheldon Creed's post-race interview was like, he was just like, yeah, you know, we didn't make it. It's just, yeah, it's just, you know, the product and stuff. But uh, freaking poor Haley Deegan, though, and then, like her recent blog and stuff looked, looked like too long <laughs> Slap was like Parker Kligerman went through and just hit every woman in the field. Yes. Like Dude, oh he, my God. Out, he dumped, he dumped Jennifer Joe Cobb okay, and then okay. ran into Haley Deegan. <laughs> I was wondering what the heck Slap was talking about. Cause in the chat, he said Parker Kligerman had no time for women that race. And then <laughs> he, he just goes, and then he just goes beans. No, he said he <laughs> went on a full on misogyny tour. <laughs> <laughs> he did he knock every woman into the wall in the race and johnny sauter <laughs> still finish p4 though man, good job man, parker man can we just take a moment to acknowledge how far from grace johnny sauter has gone since coming back to four sport yeah, yeah i mean he's pretty yeah. bad it's sad oh, how old is he again like he's been something. racing He's in his forties. Seems like he's been racing forever. He's still crying like, like usual. Like, <laughs> like, he leaves GMS after a championship, and then he goes back where he was on that for the longest, and just it ain't the same. Yeah. Johnny Sauter is forty-three. Dang! Wow, that's not too old. Actually. Yeah, it's not too I old. He was old but... It seems yeah. like he's been around forever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, he was racing in the Cup Series when he was in his twenties, wasn't he? Yes, yeah. he was with uh, uh, he, RCR for a little bit. Uh, he was flipping down the backstretch at Talladega in mm-hmm. 2002. Yeah, remember yeah. that. All right, so real quick, we talked about the wrecks and stuff, but what's that, like for the little bit of racing we did have, Zane Smith, <laughs> the 
Zane Smith came in the clutch there at the end, knocking Sheldon Creed out of the final four. I, I, I want to ask, like, who, how surprised is everyone? Because I know when we talked about it last week uh, amongst the four of us, like, none of us had really given Zane that much of a shot. No. I, I mean, I didn't even think about it, it was for one moment, man. the absolute thirdest coming into this one, wasn't he? Yeah. Think well, if if he wasn't he was I right think there he was like I think he was yeah. eight minus forty coming in. Yeah, he was like he was gonna need a lot to happen, and that it did. I mean, it did for him and stuff. I mean, it's just these types of moments that NASCAR wants and stuff. You know, they they want a guy from all the way, you know, from that far back to somehow you know pull off one of these game six or game seven moments that'll you know extend the series or something like that. So I mean, yeah, this is exactly what they wanted. I'm want to race all season, but yeah, you know. and well, by I'm all relative to everything else that happened in that race the little bump he gave gilland on the final restart was fair game like that was the cleanest move we saw all day so, yeah i mean todd gilland todd gilland was the guy who got jobbed out this season it seems like he should have been in the final four yeah with all the races he won he, and it just he just ended up getting stomped by the format it seems yeah, I was looking at the championship four. It's like John Hunter Nemechek, who deserves to be there. Everyone agrees. Yeah. And then it's Zane Smith, who I'm sorry, does not. <laughs> no. Matt Crafton, who has not won a race. He's going to do it again. And <laughs> ben, Rhodes, ben Rhodes, who hasn't won since February. <laughs> so to be fair, he has, he's been... He's been all, consistent. He's, he's been, been very consistent. Yeah. And John Hunter Nemechek gets crashed and nearly has a chance to not even be in it. Yeah, he almost... Oh, my it. God. That would have been crazy. But, yeah, no, basically, like, I'll, I, I mean... It, it's a huge variety here and stuff, but again, you know, just shows that this system doesn't always have the best four drivers all season making it. Uh, the, the Cup Series got it right. The mm-hmm. Truck Series, it's a little questionable. No. Like, yeah. Sheld- no Sheldon Creed, no Todd Gill, and little... Mm-hmm. To, to no be Austin fair, the, the Truck Series season has kind of been a giant clusterfuck this year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's be yeah. honest, right? Yeah, That's right. fair. All right, I want any final thoughts from this weekend overall for Martinsville. I want to say one thing, like, we talked a bit about Noah Gregson's move. I was so surprised in every race how well, relatively to how it usually does, how well the outside line actually worked. Like, they, yeah. they managed to get yeah. it working. They did. Yeah, there's, for all series, honestly, there's no, I don't see a reason how Hamlin should have been holding up Bowman as long as he did on the outside like that. Uh, well, yeah, they mm. definitely got the outside to work more and stuff. I mean, like, for the most part, I love the racing I saw all weekend. And again, New favorite track on the circuit. If you haven't seen, if if you um if you haven't gone there in person, I highly suggest you do so soon. It's, it's been too long since year. Been too long since I was there, so I need to go back, especially after this year. Yeah, which is good. Chase, but but uh, but but for some of the Chase Elliott fans out there, please just relax, y'all. I mean, he's in the championship four. Just relax. Just relax. Emotion, fans too. <laughs> emotions are high we get it y'all are probably brace fans too it was a stressful week but i loved like i loved how i pissed off both fan bases on twitter i was like <laughs> basically like all this inner fighting between chase elliott and larson pants is funny because at the end of the day william byron's the one who will have the long-term success here okay. just, we'll, we'll see what happens with that but it's just fun you know poking the bear a little bit who was it <laughs> yeah. kyle petty that said william byron will be like greater at hendrick than chase elliott or kyle larson yeah he said yeah. that hold, like a week hold, ago hold, hold let's pump the brakes a little bit on this one guys Uh-oh. come on 
He's been at Hendricks, same time that Bowman's been there. Bowman has went further in the playoffs, and Bowman's been in the playoffs every season since being there, and now will triple the wins. And people, you still want to argue that Byron's better than Bowman? Oh, I mean, up. I'll, put, I it, put it on right paper. Now. I'll do it right now. I'll do it right oh now. My God. Oh, what, my God. What, 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 what makes him better than Alex Bowman? Championship level performances in the lower series. Uh, he's he won a championship in NASCAR. Okay, you um, got to have a chance to be there first. Yeah. Okay. Uh, on top of that, right now his ceiling is much higher in performance all year round than Bowman's has been. Bowman only got in the playoffs because he won. Byron would have gotten in whether he won or not. And okay, yeah. great. He did that this year, but not in years past. Yeah, and Bowman has regressed this year. Like he got yeah, the I mean, wins, but he was in the right place in the right time. He has regressed I, I th- in performance fully. I, I think in Byron's case is like, you know, it's just, you know, he's, you know, the perfect combination of age and talent. And he has, you know, certain people he's like he's what, 20, around him too. He's like what, 24, 23? Yeah. 23. And he just got a five year extension too. So, I mean, I, I, I just think right now he has more potential. I, I, than I, I'll I, say I, Bowman I, has Bowman's better sponsors. Good, Bowman has yeah, better I'll sponsors. Agree. I'll agree. Well, I. I feel like Bowman has to win to keep those sponsors, it feels like, whereas Byron doesn't. Liberty's like, you went here? Great. We're here forever. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, Liberty's still on that car. That's a whole nother thing. So hopefully they'll be out. We'll, we'll monitor that one uh, over <laughs> yeah, the offseason. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But yeah, that was right. awesome. That awesome was weekend. fun. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, before we let you go here, man, uh, you made a kick-ass Talladega video. Uh, I want you mm-hmm. to kind of like talk a bit about that, man, because uh, like – you you've really like just dove into NASCAR this year on your channel hardcore and, and we're loving yeah. it. And I it's just, awesome. I just like how how long have you been like wanting to make them or like what's like the thought process behind each one? Like I I I'm really curious here on on this. Well, uh, I guess I've been a NASCAR fan for a while. So I, the first season I watched was '06, and I kind of started watching just right at sort of the beginning of the slow decline from just like the peep, the peak in pop culture. And I remember the first year I was watching, like a bunch of people I knew watched NASCAR. But then gradually, after like 10 years or so, it seems like I was the only one I knew who was still watching. And it was kind of, I don't know, alienating. It's just, it's not one of like the, the main sports in America. Like you can't go into like just some bar mostly and talk about it and have people just instantly know what you're talking about, like the NBA or the NFL. Yeah. And um, I think culturally it gets seen as sort of less respectable than it actually is. I think uh, stuff like Talladega Nights, which I really like Talladega Nights as a movie, but it, created that perception among people who don't watch NASCAR that it's like not meant to be taken seriously for some reason, or like, it's sort of, uh, I don't know, like a carnival carny demolition derby type thing. Like or, it's or, not a serious sport, basically. Where like the guys in it are just like, I don't know, you're driving around just for fun, but no, there's, there's like huge drama to be found in NASCAR, but I'd say partially due to its sort of portrayal by kind of mainstream outlets. It doesn't really get sort of the respect it deserves where the fact of the matter is that for the vast majority of its history, it's about as dangerous as any other sport. Like it's deadly. Guys would lose their lives every uh, couple of years or so. It'd be a big tragedy. 
And that's something that is kind of, uh, it just feels kind of dishonest to undermine it. And nowadays we've been kind of removed from that because of the safety of the cars. But geez, last year after everyone thought Newman died in that crash at Daytona, everyone was briefly talking about NASCAR. So there, there's like this, um, there's this elegant kind of seriousness embedded in the sport that's at least in recent years has otherwise kind of been painted with a bit of, I don't know, sort of a goofy presentation. Yeah, I agree. And um, basically kind of what I wanted to do with the NASCAR videos is kind of show sort of, sort of the meat behind what you see on the surface where there's just really great stories that come out of NASCAR where even in like the beginning of the sport, it's, it's just very, it's very American. It's very in line with sort of kind of the American dream and the American ideals where you had all these guys that are basically coming out of poverty and just using their own skill to work their way up and reach the, the highest level of their sport and get become multimillionaires and become national celebrities and that's very compelling and it's unfortunately i think something that's been lost in recent times where i think a lot of drivers for up-and-coming teams sponsorship as it's sort of dried out after the 2000s buy ride drivers kind of become a lot more important and guys like uh i guess like the late john west townley probably should not have been given the level of rides he was unfortunately, but plenty of guys like that where they get there because they bring sponsorship. And um, unfortunately, that that grit of NASCAR, I think, recently has been lost. But it's fun to go back historically and kind of look at just some of these people who they should be viewed as like the greats of any sport, you know? Mm-hmm. And there's like a lot of, uh, there's a lot of sort of reverence that I feel like people used to have for NASCAR that it's not really around anymore. And I think with a lot of these videos, I'm trying to sort of, I guess, remind people that this is a very compelling sport. If you, um, if you at least recognize the history and kind of just recognize the fact that these guys are just strapped in a vehicle going around a track at 180 miles an hour and how actually like insanely, talented you have to be to succeed at a high level doing that it is kind of funny to hear you talking about that the differences of where drivers have come from in years past and now i think we are entering into a era where it's pretty clear you had to have come from a probably already successful family whether that's your dad was a good investor it's saved up to be able to afford to put you through that or in the case of, well, we're seeing it now, we've seen, you know, obviously Dale Earnhardt Jr. had a long career, son of a famous NASCAR driver. Um, I guess you could say Kyle Petty did the same thing, but now Chase Elliott is in that shoe. We're going to probably see in the next few years a good generation with a lot more people like Chase Elliott. We're, there's a good chance, me and my wife were talking about this the other night, there is a good chance about 10, 10 to 15 years from now, somewhere in there, we'll probably see a NASCAR Cup Series rookie class featuring both Keelan Harvick and Leo Gordon one day. Mm. That wouldn't surprise me. Well, all these drivers are, well, marketability is a huge thing now. And when you have that 
name brand recognition. Like there's a reason why Chase Elliott is the most popular driver. He's one of the last, uh, it's a direct link to kind of the most popular driver of NASCAR's kind of most emergent era in pop culture. And that's something I've always appreciated about NASCAR. There's uh, kind of like direct family links. It's really cool to see the the generations of drivers where I I imagine like for like older generations of people, older generations of fans, it's fun to like kind of maybe like bond with your son or daughter and watch Chase Elliott where when they were our age, they would watch Bill Elliott. And um, so so I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing that there's kind of like, um, I don't know if nepotism is the right word because obviously Chase Elliott has earned his position has demonstrated his talent enough. But I always think that kind of the generationality of NASCAR is quite cool. Um, But in terms of the, I guess, sort of the grit of drivers, that's definitely come into question. Um, A big thing that I don't think a lot of people talk about is sort of this generational divide I talked about earlier, where I think it was largely due to the open wheel invasion in around 07, 08, 09, and 2010, where rookie rookie drivers in NASCAR kind of got screwed over at that time. And their development really was completely stunted because all these positions, these open rides in NASCAR, where each year, maybe like a few guys retire, some guys move on to maybe other sports or whatever, but there's usually three or four spots that open up and this historically will get taken up by the kind of the next rookie class of drivers where all of a sudden in 07, 08, you had guys from open wheel, either F1 or IndyCar, mostly IndyCar, where they would come over and take these seats and they have established sponsors already because they're already well-known in their own sports. And that no longer created a need to take rookie drivers from NASCAR's lower divisions and couple that with also coinciding with a time period where NASCAR's young drivers were getting beaten down by bushwhackers Mm. week in and week out. A lot of guys who maybe if they were left to kind of develop on their own without having to race and get destroyed by Kyle Busch and Carl Edwards and Kevin Harvick every single week, they probably could have turned into a good driver down the line, but that didn't happen for several years. And a lot of these guys, the sponsorships, the recession hit, the sponsorships were starting to dry out. And a lot of these guys could not professionally develop their careers anymore, regardless of their talent. And I mean, if you just look at NASCAR's rookie of the year from basically maybe like 08 to 2013, I think Kevin Conway was a rookie of the year. 2010. 2010. He was the only rookie, I think. The extends guy, yes. Uh, Like, like how the hell did that even happen? I mean, I guess, I think, like, Stephen Light won one of the rookie of the years. 2012, yep. Uh, Sam Hunters Jr. won a rookie of the year, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Did he win? Or it might have been Regan Smith that year in 08, maybe. Yeah, I think it was. Neither were good. Yeah, they were good, basically. Yeah, Yeah, pretty much. Thinking macroscopically, it's like the the open wheel guys, most of them eventually left after a couple seasons. It was like Hornish, uh, 
Patrick Carpentier, mm -hmm. Dario Franchitti, all these guys. Montoya was probably the best out of yeah. all of them. He's incredible driving mm -hmm. talent. Let, let's not forget, he wasn't open wheel, but we all miss Marcos Ambrose. Yes, yes, Ambrose was. Travis Pastrana, the legend. Oh, God, <laughs> yeah. That, 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 I hate that one failed because I wanted to see that one work. Oh, sure, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. but not Amp. I think you just basically described your next NASCAR video. Kind of talk about that era, you know, that whole rookie class era and how it kind of affected, you know, the, the growth of NASCAR to an extent. Well, yeah. Yeah, the, the point of it, the point of it all is that there's pretty much a seven-year period where it created just this vacuum of talent where all of a sudden you wind up in 2015, 2016, 2017, the guys at the top, Gordon, Stewart, Jr., and eventually Jimmy Johnson, these really established guys with huge fan bases who carried the torch of NASCAR through its most prosperous period, they were all retiring. And all of a sudden, the sport was left at a point where there's like a few very good like late 30s, early 40s drivers and then a bunch of like new emergent drivers mm -hmm. in the 20s. And you had a few guys like Keslowski and Logano who sort of made it into the sport during kind of the, the dark period where it was very hard to get in as a rookie stock car driver. And then, um, and my greater point with all of this is that it, it's an, it was an unprecedented shift in NASCAR where previously every there there's like there's like a fluid progression of new drivers into the sport also in older times drivers would be significantly older on average as a rookie and they would tend to be more composed and mature okay. and not have really have to deal with the uh a lot of the problems we've seen today where drivers act really rashly and impulsively i attribute that to a product of youth but what happened was that kind of the these drivers, as the new guys would come in, they would kind of instill the tutelage. They would instill the values. You had enforcers like Earnhardt and Tony Stewart, where it used to be on a NASCAR track, there was sort of a decorum where there was like a right way to race people. And if you did not oblige by that, you would be sort of figuratively blackballed, where people would just wreck you and you would learn to eventually raise people with respect. But because there's this huge gap of drivers where basically seven rookie classes of NASCAR with no new young talents that stuck around, that created a gap. And mm -hmm. I mean, drivers like to hear things from people that are kind of like close to their own age. And basically these lessons from the past about racing with respect, they kind of stopped passing through with this gap mm -hmm. and now you see um even guys like Logano are getting kind of old now where it's just um it it, it no longer really exists in any form I, I think Tony Stewart had an interview about it somewhere on YouTube where he talks about how just as he was kind of winding down towards the end of his career he was it, it, it was kind of like somewhat disturbing and frustrating to him how it seems like the new guys, the new guys coming in, they didn't really seem to care about necessarily racing people, I, I guess, just turning the other cheek sometimes and cutting people slack on the track and not kind of just being 100% aggressive all the time. 
And that in my mind, well, you see it with this Martinsville race, this Martinsville race. And even across all three series, it kind of marks to me is now the, the new generation, the guys who came in like post 2013, I guess, kind of starting, started with uh, Dylan and Larson and then now followed by Elliot Bowman, Byron Reddick, these types of guys, you start to see it now where it, it feels like sort of a changing of the guard. Cause one thing with sort of all the rivalries you've seen in the playoffs thus far, you got Chase Elliott and Kevin Harvick, Together. Bowman and Hamlin. And then even like Keslowski spun out Chase Elliott, it's, it's old guys versus new guys. And it seems like the culture of the new guys, they, they're pretty much making up the majority now that all these people from the older generations are starting to retire. And that's a NAS, that's what NASCAR was pushing for back in like 2018 or Fox. That's what they were trying to promote. Yeah. We had Suarez and Jones and you know Blaney was coming to his own. It just took him a few more years to finally yeah. get to that level. Mm-hmm. But, Missed it by about three years. Yeah, it would have been perfect this year. It's interesting though, Amp. Like that's it's yeah, cool to hear your kind of thoughts on that. It's an interesting perspective that I hadn't thought about that gap, that like eight to ten year gap of not much young talent. But it's clear hearing you talk about it that you that veneration sort of you're talking about putting NASCAR on maybe the pedestal that it deserves to be on the weight that it actually carries the seriousness of it. Like just hearing you talk here, that obviously comes through in your Talladega video and the other NASCAR Mm -hmm. videos you've done. So that's, what's made them so fun to watch and why we're, I think we're all looking forward to the next one or ones. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Please make a video on what you just talked about, please. I can't wait. (laughs) I think, I think that's a good idea. Probably like the, like the evolution of talent or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Well, real quick, I, I don't usually do this, but I saw there were a lot of super chats for you. And, and well, not like a lot, but just enough. I, I took some pictures of, of them. Um, <laughs> I'll just read off some of these people's questions or, or different things to you before you head out. Uh, Isaac for $1.99 says for M, favorite racing films. Obviously not Talladega Nights favorite with uh, racing reference. Films. <laughs> I, I like Talladega Nights quite a bit. I think it's, it's a very funny film. And um, eight. As much as it kind of messed up the image of NASCAR for, I guess, a bunch of outsiders, I, I do think that it comes through that the creators of the film had respect for NASCAR. It's not just mm-hmm. a giant mockery. Like, clearly, a lot of the stuff in the, the movie, you, you have to be a racing fan to kind of come up yeah. with it. Um, I mean, I like Cars. It came out yeah. the same year. It, it's, the, um, it, it's probably the most overhated Pixar film, but... Absolutely. Or is that just Cars 2? Cars 2. Yeah, hey, that, that one, might, that one might deserve it. That one yeah. might deserve it a little bit. I actually, I actually recently saw Cars 3, and I liked it quite a bit. Hey, mostly man. because I, I watched it in 2020, and that was the kind of the same year that uh, my favorite driver, Jimmy Johnson, retired. And basically, it, it was a very nice moment at the end of last year's championship race where mm-hmm. it was kind of he passed the torch to Chase Elliott in that regard. And... And that was that was very nice to watch. I mean, Jimmy had a very rough last few years in the sport, and it was it, it was tough to watch at points how someone so great could just uh, fade back to mediocre mediocrity so quickly. I, I, I think happens. I think all of us can say that me and me, Jared, Darian. It was hard to watch Dell Jr. in the last few years. Eric, we know, it was hard to watch Matt Kins and keep coming back for more. <laughs> abuse he just couldn't get away from it <laughs> and then nascar was against him suspended for two races they need to repay for those races races he missed <laughs> yeah well uh um, yeah. 
that's what cars three is about anyway so i i, I guess i just like the parallel yeah. to hot, reality hot, hot piss just gave a dollar 99 and said cars three is the real cars too mm-hmm. exactly. well gn he he gave five he gave you two questions one you can you can sort of go over if you want to i don't blame you if you don't how much of a gut punch was the 2017 afc championship game oh, dude um okay so miles jack was not down on that play when turn the ball <laughs> and also there was a fight at, and also there was pass interference on the last play that freaking cbs never showed because i guess tom nance wants to just give tom brady a blowjob or jim nance or whatever dude at least your team gave a fight that day like i'm a vikings fan later that night we got ass blasted 38 to mm. 7 on like <laughs> prime time like dude that was that was a crushing bad. defeat that like destroyed my i mean blake bortles in the super bowl would probably just never that would have been crazy you came I, came you came very close and uh i don't know it'll probably be 20 years before the jaguars make the playoffs again oh but so it was like it's just like our one chance you know like it's not gonna happen for a while this is the jags it's like, like the fact that they even got here is astronomically unlikely but oh my god this, there's they're so fucking close to winning. But That's then... the story of our whole division, man, the AFC South in general, except for those years where Peyton was with the Colts. It's just been hard for everyone. Well, the second part real quick of that question was, what was the first NASCAR race you ever watched and the best NASCAR race you've ever watched? All right. So the first race I watched was the 2006 Daytona 500, huh? which I think historically is the most watched NASCAR race mm-hmm. in history. Oh, yeah, maybe. Yep. And um, I actually got it because um, I used to go over to my friend's house, and I think he had NASCAR Thunder 2003. We'd we'd always just, like, screw around and go the wrong way and try to cause (laughs) the biggest crashes. And then I figured, hey, this is on TV, and I could just watch it in real life. And then um, I watched the 06 Daytona 500, and then I watched Jimmy Johnson win, and he became my favorite driver. So I'm not a bandwagon fan, by the way. I came in, mm-hmm. I've came in just at the perfect time. Perfect. Wow. Yep. That is Jimmy Johnson time. dynasty. Damn. And the best race, man, it's got to be the the 09 Talladega spring race. Oh, yeah. 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 I remember that one. Yeah. yeah that was and, a good one. Uh, you, you'll see it at the end of the Talladega video, but mm-hmm. that was like, that was the moment for me where I think. I was just kind of made a NASCAR fan forever because in like no other sport, it feels like, can you see something that unbelievable? It was just, it's unbelievable. I mean, this guy, this guy, Brad Keselowski, who pretty much no one had ever heard of just comes through the field. And then the, the, the meta game of the race, the strategy is just shifting in real time where all of a sudden they break out in tandem drafting for the first time ever in a competitive sense and it's just like it, it it's like incredibly cinematic but it's happening in just real time it's just like in a real competition and um i don't know it, it, there's just something ethereal about that race where you watch it back in real life and it's just like how did this how did this even like happen in real life it's, i don't know and driving for James Finch of all people. Yeah, James Finch. It's only a cup win. Fun cool. fact: 2009, that Mikasuki Resorts Hotel Casino, whatever they are, 
they got a win in all three series with Kyle Busch in the truck series, oh. Mike Bliss in the nationwide series at Charlotte, and then that one with Brad. Hmm. It took McDonald's like 25 years to find out. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Well, and then last uh, last super chat. Well, there's two, but it's basically the same thing. GN left two bucks. He said Matt Benedetto is on a downward spiral. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, to, he's on something. I'd have to Man. slide that one in there. <laughs> Matt's kind of like Hemrick in that regard, where he's had many opportunities. It seems to seal the deal, and he just he, he just doesn't have the the killer instinct to just close it out. I don't know. I, I I feel bad for him, but at the same time, I actually went to the Talladega Spring Race this year. That's oh. where that's where the live action footage from the Talladega video comes from and man that was Matt's race to lose and he lost it yeah. it's it's hard to say he and just... then he was crying afterwards too again well he always does that <laughs> um, thank you man for coming on I I I think we hey. kept you on a little longer than I told you we would but uh real quick I I got your link for the channel down below uh where can people find you and uh kind of tell them about your latest video that came out today all right, yeah, uh, you can type Lemon up in the search bar. Find my channel, twitter.com slash Lemon if you want to hear me talk about fantasy football or something. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, today's video is about the 1924 Mount Everest expedition where mysteriously two climbers uh, disappeared before they reached the top. And uh, no one actually knows for sure if they made it to the summit of Everest and uh, there's a lot of conflicting evidence and theories Damn. where uh, they may have been the first people in history to climb Mount Everest 29 years before officially Edmund Hillary's credited with the record achieved okay. it. So it's a very cool story that I was kind of just reading uh, a few months ago, and I decided to tell it here on YouTube. I know uh, Halloween's coming and gone, but it sounds very spooky, too. It does, yeah. So I'll have to give it a watch once we're done with here. Yeah. It's, it's a good awesome story. stuff. Yeah, thanks for being on. All right, thank yeah. you everyone so much. I will come on whenever you want me. I guess it's oh, fun. Let's do it, man. Nice. Let's do yeah, it next year. Yep, next year we yeah. gotta have you back on. Yeah, for we'll sure. stay, we'll stay in good. touch over the off season, man. Yeah. Before awesome. before I go, I just want to say it's the uh, it's the end of the Gen Six era, and mm-hmm. uh, it's it's a, it's an exciting time to be a NASCAR fan. You know. They, there, there's been a lot of tumultuous moments in the 2010s. It seems like there's been a lot of like just rough moments in the sport where it seems like it's been it, it can't catch a break. It's losing all its stars, and it it feels exciting once again. You know, you got all these people, all these fan bases fighting. I, it, whether or not you want to make fun of it, it's, it's it's just fun to see people being passionate about nascar drivers where five years ago or so it it really felt kind of flat Mm -hmm. watching but there's a lot of juice in the sport now and and i'm excited to see where it goes with the new generation cars uh but at the same time we're, we're seeing we're seeing great racing and great moments right now it's important to relish the moment nascar fans they they always have a pattern of like complaining about how the sport has gone downhill in the last 10 years, but I'm sure 10 years from now, people will be looking back fondly on what we're seeing now. So enjoy the moment, enjoy the championship races, 
My pick, by the way, for the cup, Denny Hamlin. Yep. Unlikely choice. But remember this video when he uh, crashes out in two laps. <laughs> laps. Clip it. I'll put it on TikTok. <laughs> yeah. I'll put it up. But yeah. I just said it better myself. That's, yeah. that's very exciting. Awesome. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Amp. It was a, a pleasure. Yeah, we go. All right. Take care, you guys. Better, man. Better, man. And looking at what we got, by the way, that was awesome having Emp on. We got to hang that out. That was with him. cool. We got to hang out with him at Daytona. Dude is a, you can tell, a hardcore NASCAR fan. Mm-hmm. I, even I, like, and he and I have followed each other for a long time. And even I didn't know he was that much of a NASCAR no. fan. He's diehard fan. That's rare. That's great. We're definitely going to have him back on uh, in the future. Uh, for sure. But for now, we need to keep going through here. And we have something awesome for you guys. The mailbag question. Nice. Uh, this week, the question is, what is the one driver or track you loved for no reason when you were a kid, but now that you are older, you hate them or you hate that track? For me, for instance, the the, the, the guy asking the question says, for me, I loved Kentucky Motor Speedway when I was younger. For, this, uh, for some reason, I look forward to the race. Uh, like I would a restrictor plate race, most likely because Bad Brad did pretty good at the track, and mm-hmm. he was one of his favorite drivers. But as the years have went on, he's liked it less and less. Uh, sincerely, the only fan of your podcast that hates Jimmy Johnson and likes watching him struggle from Wyatt. <laughs> Wyatt, Ooh, my gosh. Wyatt, <laughs> do, do not let Maroots know that. Or, or F, yeah, ran for that. <laughs> it's probably Ooh, good yeah. that I'm left at that moment. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, uh, I'll to go on this one. Driver, I'll say drivers instead. Back in like '09, when I really started get back into watching NASCAR more on a consistent basis, got into the Nationwide Series. Been a Dell Junior fan. I wanted to see Brad Keselowski winning about every race. I was really hyped for Brad. And then all of a sudden, Brad moves on from Junior Motorsports, and I'm I'm like, oh, it's not the same anymore. So I, I guess at that point, like, I don't hate Brad Keselowski, but He's not like the same as when I was like in '09. Yeah, you know, I wouldn't say I I love this track um, per se, but I, I I would always somewhat look forward to this mile and a half. Uh, good old Texas until 2017, unfortunately, and then they just ruined the track basically. So, um, I mean, Texas had some awesome moments. You know, 2004 between Casey Kane and Elliott coming down to the wire. You know, 2014. You know that whole Gordon versus Keselowski fiasco stuff. And then you know, outside of those moments, I mean there weren't any like monumental moments in, 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 in particular there, but at least it produced some of the best racing on mile and a half up until 2017, of course, and they reconfigured the track and stuff and made it uh, kind of flat. So yeah, I'd probably say Texas uh, definitely deserves that spot. Sorry, Eric. Well, no, I feel like this question, there was only one answer for me and that is Texas. Like it's my, it was my home track first race I ever saw, you know? So of course I love Texas it was never anyone's favorite track, but I loved it. Obviously, I've fallen more and more out of love with it, mainly since they repaved it uh, and reconfigured it. I still have a soft spot for it, but it's obviously it's no longer a race that I look forward to. Whereas even when I couldn't go as a kid or when I was a little bit younger, even when I couldn't go to the race, I was still looking forward to the Texas States just because it's like it's just familiar. I was like, ah, great memories there. So unfortunately, those are mainly just memories now. (laughs) Well, I think I'm in the same boat, not going to the track, but when it comes to a track that has just faint memories of consistently good racing, for me, it's Richmond. I used to love yeah. and, and look forward to Richmond races until about really about 2014. That that's that fall race killed it for me. 
Like, they still had some good ones pop up. Like, 2013 Spring Race was good, but then they had Spingate. 2014 Spring Race had an awesome finish and some awesome racing. Then they had the most boring race probably of the Gen 6 Mm -hmm. era, except for the dude climbing the fence. That was pretty funny. Um, (laughs) But it's like Richmond, I don't know what they have to do to that track. Like, it was cool being there in person. And the Xfinity race was freaking awesome. But the Cup Series, man, like, I just, I have not been a fan of Richmond the way I used to be. I've kind of like, I've flip-flopped Richmond and New Hampshire. I used to not like New Hampshire that much after the the COT, and now I like it again. And I don't like, and I used to like, um, and I I used to like uh, Richmond around that time, and now I don't. So it's, it's, it's kind of weird like that. Yeah. But yeah, thank you, Wyatt, for your question. And for any of you who want to submit a mailbag question, go to weeklypodcastguest at gmail.com, all lowercase. You got one more shot this year. That's it. I mean, you can probably send them during yeah. the off season, but one more. they could get lost in the shuffle in the off season. So send them yes. uh, to this week, tonight, whatever it might be, weeklypodcastguest at gmail.com. Over the off season, you're just going to get emails saying, hi, Jarrett, what's up? Yeah, <laughs> hi, hi, hi. <laughs> Well, really quick, the mailbag question is brought to you by one of our good sponsors, Lionel. Uh, You're getting to the end of the year. It's Christmas season. I mean, you want to get your Christmas stuff early. So go online and order from Lionel's website. You can go to Walmart. They got plenty of good stuff there. I mean, I'm just, I'm looking at what you guys have here and nice. I saw Eric, some of the stuff you got, which is really, really nice. Uh, so cool. Uh, yeah. I heard about what Eric has, and I want to yeah. know more about this, Eric. Where'd you get it? Yeah. Well, you'll find out more. Uh, I'll actually do a little spot for it, or I'll talk about it in my video tomorrow. But uh, exclusively sold on Walmart's website, only online. Uh, NASCAR Authentics. You can get the four best-selling or four of the. I don't know if these are the exact four best-selling, but these are four of the best-selling paint schemes all year long. Mm-hmm. 2021 cars in liquid color form. They're Whoa. selling these sexy four packs. I of, love uh, liquid got- color. Mm-hmm. Elliot Blaney, Harvick, and Kyle Busch, obviously. The real championship. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, but you got this right here. So uh, shout out to Lionel for sending me a pack early. Uh, but I'll talk about this more in my video tomorrow. Exclusive I, at walmart.com. That's where you can get this. I just realized that's a great idea for Lionel to sell as a championship four-pack like that. Mm. <laughs> Giving him good ideas. That's cool. I, I'll just get mine out of the way really quick because it's obviously not a NASCAR. It's uh, one of my little cousin's uh, little toy cars. Again, I moved out here uh, um, a week ago and stuff. So pretty much I don't have any of my die cast at the moment. But look, Eric, it has Matt Kids of Spawn on there. And what's Ooh. interesting about this one is that this was apparently made in 1997. So they had the Matt Kenseth font ready to go before Matt Kenseth was ever a thing that, around racing. So that, that's a, you can say it's like a, it's a light model. So Matt Kenseth light model. There you go. So Matt Kenseth light model. There you go. There you go. So, yeah. I have got the hack Alex Bowman's win from 2017 <laughs> at Charlotte Motor Speedway. I remember that. I really got this though, because Sunday will be Chip Ganassi Racing's final race and nascar and this is from his time when he ran two races with chip ganassi racing xfinity pro xfinity series program and uh rise and fall chip ganassi racing is going live sunday morning so keep an eye out for that but uh yeah heck <laughs> i have kyle bush's 2008 m&m's 164 i picked this up at indianapolis in uh one of the tent vendor tents and I, you know i didn't appreciate it at the time but i've just got one thing to ask like why why'd they have 
like I don't know if it can't. It's not gonna focus. But why do they have like that steel pattern on the bottom of an M M&M and M scheme? I, I never well, understood that. I, I like. I love. They had. Though, they had it on every car actually, and I loved it. And I don't know why they went away from it. Yeah, I actually like. I'm not it. saying I hate. I hate it or anything. Yeah. I just never got why. Like it did. It, it is fit. very. Bizarre. It's like yeah. was it a Kyle thing because it was on that car, the combos car, the the Snickers car. But yeah, so that. Uh, thank you again to Lionel for sponsoring the show, though, uh, and giving us a chance to show off our cool ass diecast. Yeah. Um, do you, Do you hear that, Darren? Do, do, do you hear that? There's a rumbling in the air. Do you guys hear that? I think I do. <laughs> the lightning round on the NASCAR Weekly Podcast, Jared. What do we have on tap tonight? Dang, you got nailed by the lightning. Um, well, we got a we got quite a bit here. Uh, as in quite a bit of good stuff. Let's see what we got. Austin Hill, for instance, joining RCR's Xfinity program full-time in 2022. So that's pretty cool. And then I wanted, awesome. I wanted to bring this up. Uh, it was really cool to listen to. Dale Jr. had Shauna Robinson on the Dale Jr. download. Really great conversation. So after you get done with this show, go listen to that. Pretty badass uh, conversation. And it was really funny hearing the one of uh, – her going into his hauler and basically like telling him off. That was, that was funny. Um, and then good God almighty damn Garrett Smithley had spanky <laughs> as his pit sign this week. That was awesome. That was cool. That was so cool to see. Um, anyone who's wanting to go to gateway, just letting you know now they just released the ticket prices. The cheapest you can get, at least from what it says right now is $108 to 208. So just letting you know, factor that Whoa. in. I think they go live like, December 7th or something or around there. Mm. And then like Xfinity and trucks is like December 15th. Uh, Andy Lally will be joining Alpha prime racing for some 2022 races. According to Toby Christie, uh, we'll talk about this in a little bit, but just letting everybody know NBC sports network is going dark at the end of the year. All mm-hmm. of the NBC sports uh, partners, they're all going to USA, including NASCAR. Mm-hmm. Now, the, ne- the uh, next NASCAR charters to be sold, according to Adam Stern, will be for $12 million, which is a 100% <laughs> increase over the, six million generous. Over, the Dang, six, bro. over the $6 million mark that it was at this time in 2020. Matt McCall is going to be Brad Keselowski's crew chief next year. This was reported <laughs> by Jordan Bianchi. Uh, and then Myatt Snyder is set to drive for Jordan Anderson, full-time in the Xfinity Series mm. next year. Toby Christie on that one as well. Uh, and then I want to I want to uh, really quick read these last two. These are both really interesting. Uh, one having to do with past, one having to do with the future. The past is DC Solar's bankruptcy trustee is seeking over $20.5 million from Chip Ganassi Racing for the sponsorship money paid from 2016 to 2019. And the way that Bob Pockers put it, it's the trustee's job to get the money back that was basically stolen. Uh, an example is you can't keep a car that you bought if it was a stolen car from somebody else. So they might have a case. They probably shouldn't, but it's like... That, that's it's a technic- It's one of those technicalities. It's yeah. like they... They canceled their plans for the 2019 season. They didn't take any money for that one. So I just don't know what all they have and what all they don't there. No wonder Chip Ganesi sold this thing. He's got to pay it off. And then uh, ending off right here, 
Despite, and this is from Adam Stern, despite its talks with Front Row collapsing at the 11th hour, 2311 has remained in advanced talks with other teams and still expects to have a second charter in time for 2022, per people familiar. Uh, so that was from Adam Stern. And that was the lightning round. And that'll do it for another edition of the lightning round on the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. And now back to the show. Imagine Denny Hamlin's calling up Rick Hendrick. Hey, can I buy Alex's charter? <laughs> let me buy that. Let me buy that hacks charter in you. <laughs> I'll pay you double, triple, quadruple. Triple. Yeah. <laughs> Just get that hot hack off the track. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, that right. Hey, hey. All right. All right. Go ahead. Go ahead, Eric. Your turn. Well, before we get to uh, I know Jared's got some more super chats to read. This episode is also sponsored by Forney Industries. Get it done with green. Forney offers a full line of welding and plasma cutting machines, as well as metalworking accessories and much much more. So it's great for do-it-yourselfers or if you're a professional metal worker, Forney has everything you need for your next project. So be sure to shop all of Forney's products at forneyind.com, forneyind.com, or check them out at an authorized Forney dealer near you. Jared's got the link down in the description next to the line. A link. Thank you to our great sponsors for supporting the NASCAR Weekly Podcast all year long. Love to see it. Thank you. I'm going to make an executive decision here as the host. Uh, So we already read some super chats. So I say, let's go into the next topic really quick. We can get all the super chats rounded up at the end since I have gotten to a good amount of them. Um, I want to talk about the 2022 schedule. Uh, There's some good stuff. There's some bad stuff, depending on how you look at it. Uh, There's some stuff that's just flat out puzzling in some instances. And I think we should just go right on into it. So first off, just because I know we're not going to have much to talk about it. The Pocono race is 140 laps this year. It's a 350 miler. So yeah, thank you. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Oh my god. Uh, we already have Texas, and and we don't have to deal with 200 lap Pocono races anymore. Thank, thank you, Lord. All right. Well, uh, looking at it here, though, 19 NASCAR Cup Series races are going to be on the big networks. The first time since 2009 that a majority of NASCAR races are on network television instead of cable. And I know it's only two extra, but I want to get your guys' take, like how big of a difference that'll make, especially when you look at where NBC placed theirs. That's a big deal, uh, especially when you look at the schedule. The final six races of the playoffs next year will be on the main NBC channels. That's really, really good, you know, to build up towards the end of the uh, championship run. And also the fact that, you know, to have it on the USA Network, which is, I think it's in the top 20 um, in, uh, in terms of number of households it's in. So that's a pretty big deal. More than NBCSN for sure. I just yeah. love that, this, that they bookended it really nicely. The first like seven or eight races are all on Big Fox, mm-hmm. and the last like six, or I thought it was maybe even like seven or eight, like most of the playoffs, if not the majority of the playoffs, definitely are all on Big NBC. So I love that at least there's consistency. You're not doing NBC, oh, NBCSN, NBC, like that, that throws things off. Um, doing it on USA, in my opinion, is very similar to when it was on TNT for a little mm-hmm. while. That's a very similar channel that was on a lot of people's basic cable plans. Yeah. Yeah. I see. I think that, and again, this all hinges on NASCAR pushing it out to the fans. I think if they get it out there, if they tell people where it's going to be at, that it's a great move for TV ratings. I, I talked about it in my video a bit today. There's more people who have USA by a large margin than ever had NBCSN. And it's a network that people in general actually 
know about for the most part. Like, yeah, there's is, a lot of shows on there. Yeah, they, ha- they have they have Monday Night Raw, which is a big deal for them, and now they're adding that into that as well. Mm-hmm. Well, NBC Sports Network has been like such a niche network when you look at Fox yeah. Sports One and ESPN in, in comparison. So I, I think getting it somewhere that's a bit of a breath of fresh air would be good. Plus, I think Elijah Burke said it's like. This is NASCAR on USA. It just sounds right. Is it? Like, it sounds hey, so, so someone brought this up, and I couldn't have a laugh. Uh, if there's a red flag, we're just going to cut the NCIS marathons. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There NCIS you go. NCIS and Law and Order. Yeah. That's now, let's get to this stuff that I think, for the most part, people have the biggest problem oh, with. Oh, God. I'll talk about oh. here. Start times. No races are starting before 2 p.m. Eastern time next year, and most races – I think it's like a vast majority are starting between 3 p.m. Eastern and 5 p.m. Eastern time. So, but one of those tracks, though, that has been moved is my track, Nashville Super Speedway. And I'm a fan of them pushing that back for a few reasons. Uh, one biggest thing, the traffic issue that we ran into this year, that gives more time for people to, I hope it gives more people time. I hope they don't procrastinate and just we're in the same situation because it's lighter. But it gives more people time to get to the track and get there in time for the race. But also, I guess it runs a chance of it possibly getting some cooler temperatures as the as the race progresses. You hitting me up for crashing. This is America. This is the land of kicking it down the road. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but I I do like that change actually. Like, it, I I like it for the weather factor. Like, it was really nice for the truck race at Nashville, being able mm-hmm. to go day to night. Like, I like that. But overall, I I, I want to ask like. We couldn't get some of them like as a 1 p.m. start to have weather all the time as a factor like that. Like my big thing is the Daytona 500 is yeah. I, I actually I actually like 3 p.m. starts. I'm in the minority, I guess, or at least the the silent majority, perhaps that I, I actually don't mind the later starts. I think they're better for TV ratings. Networks continue. The evidence is there that later start times are better for numbers, better for ratings in the last 15 years. So I'm OK with it in that respect. But for a couple Namely, the Daytona 500, I would have much rather a 1 p.m. Eastern start. Mm-hmm. Like that would have, I just think that gives you a better chance of beating the weather. And if there is a delay, a much better chance of at least getting it in on Sunday instead of pushing it to Monday, which has had happens like every other year at this rate. Hey, all, all I have to say is, you know, hashtag noon. That's all I got to say. I, I see that Daytona is the one right there where it's like, it is so easy to tell when it's going to rain. Like mm-hmm. every time I have been to Daytona, literally I couldn't get, like, I was supposed to meet Eric and Darian in the infield this year. And I couldn't because it rained when I got there around three thirty, four o'clock. Like, That's right. It's like clockwork. You know, it's going to rain at those times. So you just got to do your best to avoid it. Do you do that? Or you schedule it later in the day, the way they did in 2008 and just have the entire thing basically be a night race. But I mean, I, I'm not like it's it's not make or break for me, but I do think that there should be a lot more of them, and and, and this might make people on the West Coast a little upset, but I think it should cater still primarily to the East Coast side since that's where your base is. At least make it mm-hmm. easier for your base for the most part to see a lot of them. Like I get West Coast ones, start them at four in the afternoon. Yeah, you have Coast. to. Like yeah. there's no reason you should start a race at nine a.m. in the local time. Like no. I'm pretty sure that probably would hit some noise ordinance in places, um, but I think there needs to be a little more of a balance. I like the NBC. I noticed like all of their playoff races with the exception of Phoenix, which is a notable exception in a good way are like 2 PM start times, especially like Talladega, for instance, mm-hmm. like That's big, yeah. that, that one, if Talladega started an hour 
or an hour and a half earlier than they were going to start it this year, they could have they would have gotten at least half of it in. I know that's not preferable, but it's probably better for TV ratings. Uh, just like if you get half the Daytona 500 in, you know, because I think like last year it was like 3:30. Like if you get mm-hmm. half the Daytona 500 in, it's still better ratings than if you push it to midnight the way we did this year. So I, it steps in the right direction. I think it's more just that there needs. I think there needs to be more give and take between NASCAR and there does and Fox especially. Fox mm-hmm. is the one well, who won't budge. Yeah. My my only other concern going back briefly to our to the fact that more races are on on big NBC big Fox is I do worry um, that that will lead to more commercial breaks. I feel like races that are on cable typically have less commercials if you can believe it. Um, but I'm yeah. also curious to see if NBC the second half of the year simulcast them on Peacock the way they've done at the end of this season. I think that'll be interesting if they do that. But yeah, what time does the Daytona 500 start next year? Like is that at 3 p.m. 2:30 Eastern time. 2.30. See, that's pushing. I wish, yeah. I, I wish that one was at uh, 1 p.m. Eastern. That's, we're that's we're going to we're gonna say great weather, then 1 p.m. is going to start clouding up. Yeah, we're going to be like, oh, yeah. here we go again. Here we go the, again. The, no, the, the frustrating thing is it will be 2.30. It will be lining up for the pace laps, like like what happened in 2020. It'll be as they're getting up onto the track, about to take the green. It's when it gets moist. Literally, Trump's uh, limo went around, and then all of a sudden it's like, okay, we're going to rain now. Yeah. It's like the story of NASCAR. Every time, oh, we're we're getting momentum. We're getting momentum. Uh, no, you're and not then rain. no, no, you're not. Yep, the mother. Rain. Yep, mother nature. Has the a different story. We're literally <laughs> the only sport where we get everything canceled because it literally does rain on your parade. Like, yeah, like, we're the yeah. only sport like, that has this problem. We are fair weather fans because we have to be. <laughs> <laughs> puns. I can't stand it, y'all. I love but the puns. I I, awesome. I do think like we need. The, the network it's either the networks have to to take weather into accordance when it comes to to planning this stuff or nascar has to take the reins and be like okay fine like obviously you can't more than likely you can't move the daytona 500 i'm not going to say mm-hmm. they can't because anything could happen but like you know a, a race that that always rains at new hampshire at a certain part of the year you know you can't move it a month that one way or another like bristol dirt i know they moved that can't move that to a time where generally, and that's a night race now, right? They yes. move that to a night race. I think it's eight p.m. Yes. Eastern time yep. start time. Smart. Yep. Easter Sunday. That's a night race on a an Easter Sunday. Yep. Yeah. And I, I, or, or, I was gonna say, are y'all kind of go? Because I think we're gonna go to it. I got my tickets as soon as they went on sale during the race. So yeah. I just oh, see. shoot. Okay. Yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I mean, overall, I'm still happy with the way the schedule is. I'm still happy with the TV numbers, and if if weather cooperates, I really do think we're going to see a boost up in ratings next year, especially yeah. when you add in the next gen. Like, there's a lot of stuff going for NASCAR. We just need to get the weather on our side. Absolutely. All right. And uh, do what think- Jack says in the chat, and just make Bristol indoors. Why stop there? Make everything indoors. Yeah. yeah. Can, can we invest billions for each track and make it a dome at this point? We have yeah. reached a point where we can make domes. Daytona, Daytona dome. Let's make it happen. Just a few trillion yeah. dollars. Like, it's not a big deal. Yeah. Just, 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 just miles and miles of roof. Sure. Yeah. Those hundred eight dollar gateway tickets, they'll be able to pay for it in no time. Damn. And, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and also carbon monoxide poisoning. Forget about it. We got uh, no, dome. no. That's a small price to pay. Well, for we, we don't have to enclose the dome we just need no, a roof over point. the track oh yeah, no I, I i want everyone hot boxing in there it's gonna be, it's gonna be a breathing hazard <laughs> well we can focus on 2022 next week or in 2022 
We still have three championships to decide this weekend Ooh, at Phoenix. That's right. Now, I have a few notes here to talk about Phoenix. They've announced they're using the tire resin over the PJ1 this time. Okay. Uh, for people who, who might not know, for instance, that was used at Nashville and produced a pretty good product. The drivers really liked it, I know. Uh, and then practice and qualifying is going to be back this weekend. I believe qualifying will be Saturday. I don't know what time, but on CNBC. night. That night? It's at like, well, I guess Phoenix at time will be like, it'll be Ooh. like four or five o'clock, but Ooh, it's like, it's like 7.30 Eastern, I think. Okay. That's interesting. Okay. Okay. Nice. It's getting dark slowly, but surely. Well, they're, they're going to cut close, but let's, let's go through real quick. we got three races this weekend, three big ones. We have the cup race, which is called the championship finale. Like, it doesn't have a name. Wow! It's literally, literally the season finale 500. Wow! Just the cha- championship finale 500. 312 laps. Stage one is Damn 75. It, I said. <laughs> Stage one is 75 laps. Stage two, 115, and then 122 laps to the finish. Starts That's on confusing. Sunday on NBC at 3 p.m. Eastern time, uh, which is what noon, noon, noon local noon. time. Noon. New no. Phoenix time, baby. It'll also yeah, be on just, MRN. Everyone move out to West Coast time. That's just that's this new strat. Everyone just move out there. It's yeah. always noon on the West Coast. No. Um, Five o'clock somewhere. It'll be on MRN. Weather right now for the cup race, 85, mostly sunny, 0% chance to rain. Your championship four for that is Kyle Larson, Chase Elliott, Denny Hamlin, and Martin Shrex Jr. Now we go down to the Xfinity race. It is the Xfinity season finale, uh, what, 300? I don't know. Uh, it's 250 <laughs> laps, 45, 45, and then 110 laps to the finish, which I find that so odd that it's almost as long as the run to the finish for the cup race. It's on at Saturday, uh, 8.30 p.m. Eastern time on NBC Sports Network, as well as MRN and Sirius XM. Uh, 88 degrees that day, going to be super warm, no rain again, 0% chance. Noah Gregson, A.J. Allmendinger, Daniel Hemrick and Austin Sindrick are your final four for that. And then you have the truck race, which actually has a name. It's a Lucas Oil 250, 200 laps, 45, 45, and a final 60 laps to end out the truck series season. It'll be Friday night at 8 p.m. Eastern time on FS1 and MRN. Again, no rain, 88 degrees on the day. John Arnimacek, Zane Smith, Matt Crafton, and Ben Rhodes are going to be running for the championship. And Darian... You got some betting odds for us, man? The betting odds. The BFM betting odds. Yes, yes, sir. Yes. So the betting odds for the 2021 Cup Series Championship. Um, currently, as I am I am uh, looking at him, Kyle Larson comes in as the odds-on favorite to score his first career Cup Series title at plus 170. And second is Chase Elliott at plus 270. Denny Hamlin comes in P3 at plus 300. And finally, MTJ Martin Trex Jr. comes in at plus 380. Now for the race though, um, the odds to win the 2021 season's finale 500, they even have it listed on there as well, on here as well. Um, Kyle Larson enters this weekend at plus 190. Chase Elliott in second at plus 350. Denny Hamlin third at plus 400. Uh, Martin Trix Jr. at plus uh, 450. But what's interesting is um, the next closest one to those four on the outside looking in is William Byron at plus 1400. So VegasInsiders.com basically is saying, yeah, yeah. So the championship four, one of these four is going to win. And everyone yeah, else is pretty much an afterthought. I'm kind of surprised about that. But hey, you know, that's if you want to make some money, pick an outsider. 
goodness. Give me odds on Truex. They have him picked fourth out of the four. That yeah. that's yeah. So it's I interesting. So I yeah, disagree. Truex. So yeah, Truex to win the race is plus four fifty, and to win the championship. Um, scroll back down. Yes, he is in last place at plus three eighty uh, behind the other three. I am a bit you, surprised you, about that. You put about, you know, invest no more than ten dollars five on each though. That could return a little bit right there. Exactly, exactly. But imagine picking an outsider to win, and then you could hit well to win the race, and you can you can make some bank. So my That's best bet is uh, William. Byron. I, I I asked you last week what was Bowman's chances. I wish I would have took you up on that. Looking back at it. And that's those odds that just tells you everyone's betting on the championship four. I don't think it, hardly anyone's yeah. putting any real money down on anybody else. <laughs> so, so give me yeah. an outsider in case it happens, in case there's a uh, freak storm in the middle of the desert that lasts for a week. Like, who isn't a super big outsider that could win you a lot of money? Yeah, so right now, the biggest outsider I see, in my opinion, William Byron at plus 1400 there. So, you got a chance to make some money there, but then also. Looking at some guys who have been relatively good at Phoenix over the years, Kevin Harvick uh, enters this weekend at plus 2,800 odds to win. Uh, Alex Bowman, the previous race winner, at plus 3,500. And if we're going to go further down the list Give me here, Tyler Reddick. He's been uh, Tyler Reddick, I was just about to look for him. Let me see. Oh, Tyler Reddick enters at plus 6,000. So, I mean, he's been he's performed you, pretty good at Phoenix. You, you said Harvick is at plus 2,800? Yes, that's, that's good. Huh? That's I would like put some. I would put some money on. Like not much. I put a little bit on him, honestly, just in case. Because keep in mind, the man ain't won all year. Do you think he wants to go out without a win? And then exactly. I, I want. I want to ask this question. So Bubba's mm-hmm. performed a lot better at the end of the year. He was absolute trash at the start of the year and still ran mm-hmm. top ten competitively. What are his odds? Uh, so the odds for Bubba Wallace. Let's see. Uh, wow, dang. Uh. Let's talk about uh, some odds here. 15,000 to win the race, to win the season finale. 15,000 plus odds. I put five bucks on that and see what happens. Yeah, yeah. Put some money on that and see what happens. But, um, you, you, you never know. We know from 2015 it does rain in Phoenix. But to end off the betting odds, the uh, the um, the highest odds currently are J.J. Yelly at plus 100,000 odds. And Starcom Racing ties those odds as well with Quinn Halp in their final race. Well, potentially their final full-time race. Yeah. Well, real quick before we get to pick, uh, to our picks, let's get to the big points. Uh, I have clinched the championship. Oh, well, dude, congratulations. Get in so there, Jerry. Get we, in there. We owe you some kind of trophy before next year. I mean, yep. buy me a six pack and I'll call it even. Yeah, there you go. Keep it simple. But yeah, um, congratulations, Jarrett, the 2021 podcast champion. Congrats, the first ever one. And then if I'm doing my math right, Eric has also clinched up second. So Eric is Good on the job. podium. And then the real battle is there's two battles left. Uh, the chat is third, minus 93. Darian is minus 96. So Darian oh. has a chance at the podium. I am coming for y'all, chat. I'm trying to get that podium, y'all. Y'all better not choke this weekend. And then the guests are 150 points back. Danny, you're 23 back, so you can still catch up to the guests and do it. put them in the basement. Okay, so for, for this one, are we picking race winners and champions, or what are we doing? I was just thinking we pick uh, like race winners, and we can just pick champions if they're not the race winner we pick. Cause, cause I, cause in a way, I wish we were kind of doing this where you could get bonus points for picking a champion, too. I, did, I didn't factor that in. So Maybe uh, next year. Maybe next year we can yeah. do that. But uh, let, let's get it started. Uh, let's start with the truck series. Who's going to who's gonna win the truck race this year? Uh, uh, go ahead. No, you go ahead, Darian. 
Okay, I'll go first. Uh, so for the, um, um, not only will he win the race, but he'll also win the championship as well. Um, look, as much as I want Matt Crafton to expose the system here, all right, that would be really awesome on paper. But realistically speaking, I think John Hunter Nemechek's going to have this thing. So John Hunter Nemechek. I think this is the, probably of all the races, this is the one that there's the best chance of a non-playoff driver winning, I think, because you look at some of the, the strength of some of the guys not in the championship for like Austin Hill, Sheldon Creed, Todd Gillen. I think there's a real shot, but I'll keep it simple. John Arnimacek is the clear favorite, I think, without a doubt. Um, but I will warn people, he has not won a, a truck race mm-hmm. since June. Yeah. Like, it's been a long time since John Arnimacek won a truck series race, and he's going to have to likely win here this weekend so i think he's the safe pick i got nothing to lose though i'm gonna go out on a limb and say you want to talk about exposing the system i'll go with uh the guy who has by far the worst average finish this year of the four i'll go with zane smith Ooh. i think he does it in my heart though i hope crafton does expose the system though in my heart uh, i am saying the race winner will be probably the best gms truck and it's not the one competing for the championship Sheldon Creed will win the race. Matt Crafton will finish second and win a championship. Well, I am going to try and stay in the final four with this one, but I'm not going to pick somebody that you guys have picked. You know what? We got to go and visit them a little bit. I'm going to stick with Thor Sport here. Ben Rhodes. Going Ben Rhodes. He ain't done anything since Daytona. Literally, Daytona. That was it. Well... He'll do something He's now. He'll he'll, he'll do something. Here's Tyler Reddick, the way Tyler Reddick won his first Xfinity championship. Well, that's true. There you, you know, go. I was looking at numbers. Ben Rhodes actually has a better average finish this year than John Hernimacek. And he has oh. zero DNFs on the season. So wow. he'll be around. Consistency is key. And Quite consistency, especially. Emp picked Zane Smith as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So who's okay. the chat got? Uh... Uh, see, a couple of Craftons here. Uh, it's it's MVR owner. He's oh, I see Crafton. it. There we I've, go. I mean, I'm scrolling back up, and I'm seeing a lot of John Hunter Nema checks. Yeah, that's what I'm seeing. Yeah, so I saw I saw a lot of lot of Nema checks. I think it's, it's like, safe to yeah, say. Yeah, Jay Chen, Jay Chen, Crafton, Jay Chen, Nema It's okay. yeah, it's Nema check. It's Nema yeah. It's Nema <laughs> <laughs> I'll end with that. Let's go to the Xfinity series yeah. who's gonna win the xfinity series race and possibly okay time. okay so i got this interesting uh theory here okay so in the 54 it's not ty gibbs but it is john hunter nemechek so he is gonna show out in that car okay that is clearly the best xfinity series A day after losing the championship he's gonna go out there and, and yeah yeah, yeah we'll see race. we'll see yeah yeah why not we'll see we'll see but so yeah i i think Fighting back tears will, i will i think personally i think john hunter nemechek will win the race but then Daniel Hemrick will expose the system and come P2 or wherever he will finish ahead of the other three drivers and win a, and win a NASCAR championship without winning a race. Imagine like bringing someone over. Hey guys, come check out my trophy room. Oh, well, a championship. Cool. Where's everything else? <laughs> nope. Nope. He'll be, he'll be an anomaly dude. Like no wins all across the board in all three series, but he will have that one championship people always with so yeah daniel <laughs> I, I am rooting for that in a lot of ways just now for that image by itself mm-hmm. um but i'm you know i don't know if, which is more uh anarchic in, in nature but i 
you know, I was looking at Austin Sindrick. Everyone looks at him. He's been so consistent this year, but like I said earlier, he hasn't won in three months. So I'm like, eh, I don't know. Obviously he won this race last year, won the championship. So you feel good about Austin Sindrick. He's been there, done it. AJ Allmendinger is the veteran of the group. So you think, okay, you know, he's got the experience. He knows how to take care of his stuff. He's been really good this year. So maybe AJ Allmendinger. Then you think about Hamrick hasn't won a race. I can't know if I can't really go with Hamrick. Noah Gregson. He's hot at the right time. All three of his wins this year have come in the second half of the season. He knows how to celebrate. I think he's going to be partying all night long. I think he's going to light Vegas up Saturday night and win his first championship. Noah Gregson. In the words of Rusty Walrus, let's go, baby. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that one. I'm picking Noah Gregson. I'm gonna st- I'm literally with 30 to go, gonna go and stand by the flag stand with two beers and just hope to God that it's like he notices me so I can shotgun a beer. He was right there late in the race last year. Remember, he was racing with the championship yep. four on those final restarts up in the top three, top four. Is not a bad pick. I mean, he's he's no. not a bad pick at all. He was it was like him and like Allgaier was up there. Like, yep. I, I think Gregson is a better driver this year. He's I think he's proven it. Like his back was against the wall contract wise early in the playoffs, and he came through and just came in with a clutch win, and then another one right after that. So, Gregson, I, I think he's got it this time, and I think he's going he's going to piss off a lot of people, and it's going to be fun as hell to watch. Twitter's going to be fun, I think. Oh mm-hmm. yes. That's going to be hilarious. Um, I, I, I like what y'all are saying. I, I, part of me wants to see the, the Hamburg thing happen. I don't think I'm, we're more likely to see Crafton do it. And then we are Hamburg, I think, honestly. Uh, I I think Gregson does win a championship, but I'm going to be more bold here. I'm going to say his teammate, Justin Allgaier, actually wins the race and Gregson comes in second to him. Ooh. And then we look at the chat, and I am looking right now at it. Chat's been fairly mixed, I feel like. Yeah, I can't tell. I can't I'm going to scroll up and then just sort of, like, there's. I've noticed there's a lot of, MVR owner uh, is, is spamming, so we got to kind of take that into account. But I've seen a yeah, lot of AJs. Um, there's a lot of AJs, Dingers, Gregsons. Oh, there's a lot more Gregsons from separate people, I'm saying. Oh, we're... Uh, <laughs> we're, we're we're kind of uh swaying everybody yeah i think it's gleaming gregson oh i see it. oh yeah i think so yeah so if you like. if you put multiple you're spamming <laughs> yeah don't put multiple no centric. yeah it, it's uh, it's starting Noah! to shift yeah it's shifted to gregson i think i think we're gonna give him gonna give you all gregson yeah give you all gregson all which right. by the way darren you picked the same one for trucks so you're, you're gonna have no. to hinge on this one Oh, okay, so we'll hinge on this one, y'all. Yeah. All, All right. right, who's gonna suck in the cup race? Yes, who's gonna suck? Uh, let's see, who's gonna suck at Phoenix? Uh, I'll, I'll just like give a typical answer. Probably like a Newman will, will suck. Probably just you know, his last race or... ever. You're gonna do that to poor Ryan? <laughs> is it? Is this his last race ever? It might yeah, be. Confirmed? Yeah, it might have, you don't have a contract for next year. Are you uh, gonna sign him? Well, you know he's no. talking with Rick Ware Racing, right? Oh is my he? goodness, uh-huh. I didn't know that. Wow. Okay. Right. Well, then, up. Oh, he's gonna suck before sucking even more. I require I get hey, hey, that's an SHR satellite team. That's hey, yeah. Okay, okay. We'll, well will become. I don't. Know. Yeah. We'll see. But I, I'll pick him. I'll go. Uh, I'll just keep punching him because why not? Uh, how many times does he want Phoenix? Like ten times. Kevin Harvick. He's gonna suck. <laughs> I'm right. gonna say. I'm gonna say Tyler Reddick's not gonna do good here. So. 
I am going to uh, feed right into the meme that uh, his career's turned into when it comes to the last race of the season. He's a different guy this year in a lot of ways. Don't do it. <laughs> Are you saying who I think you're saying? I think Denny is going to blow it again. Oh, no. Denny, baby. I think he's going to blow it. I think Rusty is going to have the greatest freaking 24 hour stretch of his life. Rusty sees Gregson win a championship and then sees Denny blow a tire lap during. Dang. Greatest Talk seven about... weekend ever, baby. Talk about coming down back down to earth. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, and I, and I, and I think because, because anyone who isn't a Chase fan can't have nice things for some reason, Chase fans will be happy with Hamlin crashing out going. They're still going to boo him. Yeah. Yeah, watch as Elliot takes him out too, and it's not Hamlin's fault because Denny yeah. Hamlin, Denny Hamlin could buy everyone in the stands a free hot dog, could give like money to a homeless person on the way to Victory Lane, and they'd still boo his ass. Y'all know it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the thing is, like, I don't want to, I don't want to do it either. I want Hamlin to win it. I really do. I just, but this based on history. I can't. Yeah. I can't see. It's like I feel bad saying this, but it's like it's like being like. Just close your eyes and see Mark Martin as a champion, and I can't do it. I can't oh, do it with Denny. Man. Now I'll say this, and he'll win. Mm-hmm. So uh, maybe it's, it's, first it's, it's also it's also like Denny. Yeah, you, you lost it a few times in the chase format where you weren't consistent. But come on, dude, we're just asking you to win once. Just, just win one. Race. Just one. All you gotta do is win a race. That's it. Uh, I'm looking at the chat right now, and there's a like a lot of Denny's and a, a lot of Denny's and Cole Custer. And yeah. it, it wasn't the same like same person now, but it wasn't the same person before, and it's kind of funny to me. Yeah, I see Eric Amarola there. It's so. it's it's there's a lot of consistently. Uh, well, yeah, there's actually there's there's a few more Custers. Mm-hmm. Um, but remember, you guys can't pick Hamlin for the championship. You say he's not a remember that I've, I've seen like three unique so many custers, custers. Yeah, well, well, yeah where's custer coming from and it's like uh, i guess Reap, i guess we're going with cole yeah we gotta go with cole, and yeah. has anyone i forget he's racing at the time has anyone have we picked cole custer for anything this year like even as a suck for suck, suck, for we, suck we, we picked him for suck a few times That's i don't know it. i don't remember it oh geez Man. well some people that we don't think are gonna suck but not exactly win are the dark horses who who do we got for dark horse this week uh, Bubba Wallace, he's, uh, he, um, I picked him last week for Martinsville, did okay, and I think he'll do okay this weekend. Man, I'm, I don't really have a reason to pick this guy, but I'm going to say Ross Chastain. I want to see Chip Ganassi racing go out on a high note, mm-hmm. and I feel like he's more of an underdog than Kurt Busch. I mean, Kurt Busch maybe would count, but I think we'll see Chastain maybe get up near the top five, top six. I'd, I'd, I'm rooting for that. It I would see be that. good to see him more so than Kurt have the good run because – yeah, they're both Ganassi's cars, but 42, you know, that was Sabco's number. That was Ganassi's number, you know. That, that's that's where that's where it all dates back to right there. Yeah, the one is basically whenever I see that, I'm like, oh, DEI, when they merge, basically. Yeah. That's always the thing that comes to mind. Yeah, so I want to see him do good, and but, but he's not who I'm going to put for my underdog. I'm going to say, uh, you know, it was great to see him win on a track similar to this, Uh flat you know track got a same package i think eric amarola could have a good run in this last race good pick i'm gonna go with somebody who showed a little bit of a, a bright streak at this track in the spring didn't exactly go as well as we would have wanted it to uh but daniel suarez is my pick for underdog here and then looking at the chat um 
I've seen some for Eric Jones. I do want to give him a shout out. He's my boy. He's gotten mm. three top 10 since these playoffs started. So yeah, he was running very well. And also crap. I want to point out to Christopher Bell's stats this year are pretty much identical. They are Jones's time at Joe Gibbs. Oh, this same, I mean, we, this we, that's what we expect. He, he has a two-time champion crew chief. Just, I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to I like Christopher <laughs> Bell a lot. Don't get me wrong. I think he deserves that ride, but you know, miss Eric Jones. Real not quick, staying yeah. with Toyota. I don't think Kevin Harvick or Alex Bowman or William Byron or Ryan Blaney are dark horse picks. Like, Hey, no. Who's saying Blaney? Yeah. There's a bunch of people saying Blaney and like all these other ones. Like, I, well, I was, since they're not competing for a championship, maybe in like their well, minds they're dark horses. But yeah, they're not dark horses though. So if you points is a dark horse, if you have what four wins in your career, you're not a dark horse. Yeah, uh, hmm. I, I've seen a lot more Bubba's now. Uh, I see one for McDowell. Bubba, give him Bubba. Yeah, I've seen at least a couple of unique ones yeah. from Bubba. Whereas everyone else seems a couple for Kurt. I do see some Kurt Bushes. Just give him both. Just yeah, just because Kevin Harvick is yeah. winless this year does not mean that he is no a, a dark horse, like an <laughs> underdog. Like he's still super consistent and fast. All right. All right. Darian, do the honor. Who's gonna win? Who's gonna win? Who's oh. gonna win in the twenty twenty one season finale at Phoenix? No. That was the last who's gonna win of the entire yeah. year. That's right. It was, it was. It's been awesome. But okay. So this driver will not only win the um, win the race, but the championship as well. I was pondering between these four. Okay, so or between these three. Um, I was about to so, say like there's there are four. Uh, to yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no, but um, uh, so um, first one I have out. Um, yeah, I know he's good here, but uh, MTJ, uh, I have him out at this one. Um, Chase Elliott will not defend his title, in my opinion. Uh, so that leaves just Denny Hamlin and Kyle Larson here. So after you know, thanking for. A couple minutes here. I uh, look I, as much as I want Denny Hamlin to win. All right, I want him to win a championship eventually. It's just based on certain factors, man. It's just it it, it never comes through. Whether it's in the old Chase format or the new one uh, currently, just win one race, right? And I, I'm sure he's going to be extremely determined this weekend. But man, you know Kyle Larson, just the type of season he's had. You know, and if he wins this race, that'll make it 10 wins on the season. When's the last time we saw the championship driver have double digit wins in a season? That's pretty awesome. Yeah, it's been a minute. So I got to say, Kyle Larson gets his first ever Cup Series championship, that first ever long awaited Cup Series title with Hendrick Motorsports in the Ricky Hendrick colors. You know, I'll be honest, I am kind of rooting. I think I'm rooting for Kyle Larson to win this weekend just because. I, I feel like NASCAR fans at least like to say they hate seeing dominance. You know, oh, the Jimmy five championship start was so boring, so predictable. We, still, we always talk about it. But we still thing. talk about it. And I think when it's all said and done, I think Americans in general resonate with greatness. We like to root for winners, you know. And Kyle Larson for the last year and a half, um, on the racetrack at least, has been the hottest race car driver in North America. I think you can make a serious argument. He is the best current race car driver all around talent in the Western hemisphere. Like you can genuinely make that argument right now. And so I kind of want to see all of this culminate in his first ever championship. You know, I think that'd be the great, I mean, obviously his story is going to continue for years and years. He's probably going to win more races and championships in the future, but I'd love to see it just this year, first year with Hendrick, him go out on the highest of notes, but I have to be consistent. The very beginning of these playoffs, I picked Martin Truex jr. There've been some scares. 
but ultimately he's done. He's performed almost exactly like I thought he would. He won at Richmond early in the playoffs, 750 horsepower short oval. He was up against elimination last weekend at Martinsville, another short 750 horsepower oval. He went out and ran well enough to advance despite getting wedged in the wall by Eric Almarola. So now that he's here in Phoenix, He's won four races at 750 ovals this year. Double that of anybody else. Well, no, I think Bowman technically has three. Double that of any other playoff driver that's still currently active. I think Martin Truex Jr. and James Small win the championship this weekend. I think he's going to be my pick, but I am kind of quietly rooting for Kyle Larson if it's not Truex because I want to see, I, I want to see the Kyle Larson era officially get started because you know he's talented and I think talent should be rewarded. So I, yeah. I'm rooting for someone who isn't my pick either. I'm just saying that now before uh, Danny, I'm gonna, you, you'll do your pick. But I, okay, just, okay. I just wanted to say I'm, I'm rooting for someone who, who is not my pick to win the championship either. All right. So, yeah, I'm, I'm also probably going to silently root for Larson to win it for a few reasons, mainly because I, I think it would be cool with Ganassi going out for probably their biggest prodigy racer that they ever got to culminate in a championship with them saying goodbye to NASCAR. That would probably be a, a good thing to see. And I feel that Chip would probably be heading to, heading to victory lane to kind of congratulate Kyle as well, he, even if, you know, things ended the way that they had to back last year. Uh, but I also, like Eric, want, think I'm going to stay consistent. I predicted uh, this guy would win two races before he got to the championship four and he, and he has, I uh, got the entire championship four, correct. And at this championship four, I do think this is the year where Denny Hamlin will finally win a championship. Oh, all right, Jerry, you got to pick Chase Elliott. So we, can we got three different, different picks. I was yeah, about to say, I'm sticking with my original pick. I'm sticking with my pick that I picked all the way back after Daytona. Truex, but I am rooting for somebody else to win this race. It pained me to give my suck pick because that guy is Denny Hamlin. I want to see Hamlin win. I feel for the man. He did nothing wrong, and he's getting all this crap. And he has put together silently one of the best seasons of his career, and nobody seems to be noticing at all. I want Denny to win so people will notice him, damn it. Like, like <laughs> I literally, like, if, if you're picking a theme song for Denny Hamlin's 2021 season, it's Iris by the Goo Goo Dolls. Like, that if, if you know what song I'm talking about, you know how much it fits. Like, Denny, for some reason, can't get the credit he deserves. I want him to win. And for that reason, his teammate will win, Martin Truex <laughs> Jr. <laughs> because the universe hates Denny. Oh, my goodness. I think it's pretty oh clear gosh. who the chat's picking. I Chad think. has clearly picked Kyle Larson. Yeah, yeah. they clearly picked him. So and I think it's crazy. Every driver, sorry, every driver, there's a great story if they win it this mm -hmm. year, I think. Like, if Chase Elliott wins back-to-back -back championships, I believe, according to what NASCAR put out today, he would be the youngest driver in NASCAR history to win two Cup Series titles. I think wow. that's pretty crazy. Nice. Kyle Larson wins. Obviously, it's the exclamation point on a dominant season. Ricky Hendrick's scheme, Hendrick Motorsports first year, that's just the beginning of his dynasty. Mm -hmm. If Denny Hamlin wins, for the reasons you just said, Jarrett, Right now, he's probably the best driver to ever win a championship. He's had a great season, but he's not getting the respect that I think he does deserve, at least on the track. And I think that'd be pretty cool to see him finally pull it off and get it. And then Martin Truex Jr., you know, they've had a strategy. Their strategy this year was, let's be good at the 750 horsepower tracks. And that's exactly what they've done. So you'd at least like to see that cool strategy rewarded if he gets the championship this weekend. It'd also be James Small's first championship. Truex would have a title with two different crew chiefs. I think that'd be pretty special. So there's a lot of great storylines depending on who wins this weekend and like we said at the very beginning all four of these guys 
probably the four best or most consistent drivers and teams all season long. And also just to talk about pick points really quick. So basically me and the chat battling for that final podium spot, uh, picked the same truck and cup series champions. So the Xfinity series race will be the decider. Basically you're rooting for, for John Hunter spot. against Gregson. Yeah. Well, M picked uh Denny Hamlin to win. I think he said earlier, I just wanted to reiterate yeah. that to make sure everyone knew. Uh, but yes, yeah, so that's last picks of the year, man. That's crazy. <sighs> a good one. This yeah. year flew by, man. Flew I love, really I love fast. this. Two of us picked Truex, two Larson, two Hamlin, zero for Elliott. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's how I was looking at the Vegas odds, and I thought I'm shocked Elliott wasn't the fourth best because uh, he feels I, like the afterthought. Unfortunately, I know he's the defending champion, but I think he's fourth out of the four championship yeah. contenders. Georgia, you got your NASCAR driver last year. Your baseball team won. You're probably getting your college football team. You can't ask for too much, guys. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, you gotta ask in 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 moderation. Uh, also. Going back to Hamlin, I just want to say this. Whenever y'all get a chance, just go pick at his Instagram story. It's getting weird. Over I, saw, I saw I I saw it. I'll I check you after the show. But first, yeah. I wanna <laughs> I wanna give a shout out to everybody watching. Last show of the year on my channel. Uh and let's get to these super chats. Everyone left a couple of them, a uh, couple more of them. Uh, but I'll get to the ones that were before the show or that kind of disappeared on here from Groovy Goose, dollar ninety nine. Happy late birthday, Jarrett. Spin the UFO. So, yay. Eric, have you seen it yet? I'm just waiting for Eric's reaction. I saw it again. <laughs> it was like, oh, my God. Uh, I'm always doing that. Thank you, Spencer5478, for being a member for five months. Says, uh, congrats to the Braves, 2021 World Series champs. So, good for them. Uh, let's see what we <laughs> There got. it is. Yep. <laughs> Eric. I'll check oh, you after the God. show. Uh, Nicholas Gray, thank you for being a member for six months. Uh, says drive 13 hours to Martinsville, life changing weekend. Me too. I drove 13 hours. To Whoa, that's crazy. Uh, Jared, are you Jared, Are you driving to the race this weekend? No, no, no. I will. I, I I will fly. My one flight a year is is this weekend. Okay, I was gonna say that's 26 hours. I hope you weren't. I, I might do it one day, but not not okay. not. To, it will not be this day. Uh, do it for Dale. Thank you for the four ninety nine. Says I appreciate the work you guys put in every week. Keep on rocking. Thank you. Also, Bowman is undefeated at races he's attended. Danny, I know, I've, I've found someone you need to go to races with. There yeah. you go. Oh, and can I take a moment to acknowledge this? Uh, All three of y'all have seen Bowman win, but me. Oh <laughs> yeah, that's right. Once. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Isaac, thank you for a dollar ninety nine. Says favorite race moment of twenty twenty one. His was McDowell's first win. Um, I don't know. There's so many to choose from. We'll There's get to so that many, next week. man. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll, we got to wait for the whole season to be done to pick that first. Yeah, but we'll get to it next week. Um, Platinum Paradise, thank you for the four ninety nine. Will Chase's fans reach the volatile nature of J- of Junior Nation? I think they're above it personally. Way uh, above it, in my opinion. Uh, can like true Junior Nation fans. Oh, oh we've never done anything wrong. <laughs> oh, no, oh, no they, they did so many wrong. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially Edwards 2004 when he did absolutely nothing. <laughs> yeah. Um, Steve Castanenda says, how about them Cowboys, Jared? But in all seriousness, game was super close. And a good one. No, it wasn't. The Vikings that are was awful. So and the Cowboys deserve that win way more than just a 20-16 to 16 win. They should have. I wish Dak played so that the Vikings would have lost fifty six to to twenty because they deserve 16. it. They 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 would have deserved to lose by that hey, much if he fire was Zimmer. They um, talk about football for a second. I wanted to ask Eric and Jarrett this real quick, and it's not going to take too long. Me and Darian can't answer because we're biased. Who do you think will win Sunday night in the classic rematch of the Super Bowl? Rams versus Titans. Rams. Rams. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Don't don't talk trash, Darian. 
We I saw won't. how that I worked won't. in 2018. Yeah, Chris, and that's why I don't do it no more. <laughs> Chris Cahill, thank you for the five Canadian dollars. I found it funny how Denny brought up Chase's fans calling them mindless idiots, and I love Chase's response and how he deals with things. I mean, it's not Chase's problem. Like, no. Nah. It, it's not his problem to, to reel in his fans. They're, you know. He, they're, he, they're adults. He handled adults. it well. Yeah. Nolan Davis, thank you for the 499. The real question is, what is going to be the reaction of NASCAR and the fans if Larson doesn't win the championship? It would be an illegitimate year again. I, it's gonna be. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be awesome. I, gonna I'm, be awesome. I'm gonna fight back against that right now. Hamlin has a better average finish this year than Larson. Would have won the regular season championship yep. if Briscoe didn't wreck him. And Martin Truex Jr. Like I said, they had a strategy. They're like Larson's been great at the 550 tracks, but you got to be good at the 750 to win the title. Everyone knows it. Truex is that. So if he wins this weekend, it's the right strategy. Uh, Alex, thank you for the five dollars. Says I love to hear Junior say, "Yellow flag man has been." Uh, Yellow flag, a man has been thrown away. What? Did what I miss say? something on the broadcast? Did he say something like uh, that? I don't remember. Uh, he did. Know. He was on his game in the sense that every he saw every wreck before TV did. So every single spin in that cup race, oh, we got a car wreck. And then the oh, guard wreck. wall. Literally yeah. every, single, every single spin. He did not miss a single one, I don't think. Uh, Isaac also says, Darian, king of jinxing, never tweet about Hemrick. Uh, proceeds Justin, to tweet about him 10 times. I think I tweet about him too. Justin McNabb, <laughs> thank you for the five dollars. Says, uh, why don't people talk about the fact that Hamlin knew Alex was faster? It's his job to give the uh, it's his job to give the position to save points. Drive yes, defensive. Dennis. Um, NASCAR Ally Cup Series. What atmosphere was more crazy? A playoff race at Dega or Martinsville? Totally Martinsville. Uh, wait, we totally Martinsville. Everyone's on top of each other, Martinsville. I think mm-hmm. same with Bristol. That's where the things get intense. And it didn't mm-hmm. rain out uh, for well, that Martinsville. Too. Uh, the Dom Goblins for four ninety nine. Jarrett and Darian about ran me over while I was in the hot dog line to get uh, to get to their <laughs> seats. Oh, sorry, sorry about that. I'm sorry, bro. I'm I, sorry. <laughs> I yelled your name, Darian. Got to talk to Rusty. Great guy. He is a great guy. Rusty's yeah. awesome. NASCAR fan sixty fifty six for the Canadian two seventy nine says last time Hemrick won Jeff Bodine was still racing. Uh, Groovy Goose, thank you for the dollar ninety nine since Bowman won. Rest in peace, Martinsville. Spin the UFO. Spin the UFO. Please never have Martins. But uh, Martinsville stay on the schedule. Nah, nah, it, it's not going. They're just closing the hot dog stand forever. Oh, that's even that's. Just as bad. Uh, <laughs> burn, burn the whole thing down. In that case. <laughs> Zaxel TV, thank you for the Canadian 10. Uh, when Bowman dumped Hamlin, I was conflicted. My guy was leading, but it got somewhat dirty. But at least he apologized, took responsibility after Hamlin's interview. Screw that. Go, Bowman. I, I felt <laughs> I, like I, I just I, went through a thought process in a super. Yeah. I just, I, fair enough. I just said, I, I feel like Kyle Bush fans now. This feels nice. <laughs> Uh, Alex with another 10 says we learn NASCAR hates Matt Kenseth. The 22 dumped the four truck NASCAR. Nah, no issue. I'm a John Hunter Nemechek fan. Ah, ah, okay. And I wanted Austin parked. Uh, he should have been did parked. not make it to the final four. Bad things, man. Bad things. TBH. Um, he he should have been parked, but I thought, I thought Ben Rhodes at Texas last year for hooking uh, Eckes into the wall. I thought that yeah. arguably should have at least been like a five lap penalty or something. Yeah. So, Sean trailer. Thank you for the four ninety nine. says, uh, do you think NASCAR is closer to making the playoffs worse slash crazier by adding Daytona or Bristol as the finale or moving back to a chase style format? I think they're going to stick with the guy right now for a yeah. while. Yeah. I don't think they're um, going to put Daytona in the last race anytime soon. I don't think they ever will, but uh, when, I know when a hurricane somebody all disagree. Hits it. When a hurricane hits it, they will. 
It's a grand. <laughs> it's a grand plan. Get me my tinfoil hat. Uh, Daniel Schnell or Shell, I should say. Sorry, for the five dollars says Byron's dating Polanyi's sister. Trumps everything over Bowman Gregson for Xfinity. Hamlin for Cup. <laughs> Twitter Bandarian for Cup races. And Andrew Meyer gave up two $5 super chats. One was retracted. Another says, I think the NASCAR weekly podcast has been on a di- downward spiral mentally. And now they've completely lost it. Uh, hot piss. <laughs> hot piss. Real. 199 cars. Three is a real cars. Two. Uh, mm-hmm. Alex as a Pats fan for $2. He says as a Pats fan, we sent the checks to the NFL. Uh, Cokehead tortoise for the 10 has a message retracted, but thanks for the 10. Uh, hey. Alex, thank you for the 20 says if, uh, if I had a podcast and Lionel racing sponsored me, I show a full case of my die casts every episode. Eric, if you do a part two, show your NASCAR collection to the fans. I have a five shelf tower full of 164 die casts. Whoa. Dang. Um, oh, just redid it here. Uh, Nope Stone 12, thank you for the two, says, what would happen if the championship four DNF'd and wrecked together? Uh, whoever was highest up in the garage, I guess. Yeah. Um, Corvette Racing 48 says, championship picks. Truck, John Hunter Nemechek wins the race in the title. Xfinity, Cindric finishes second to John Hunter Nemechek. Cup, Larson wins and wins the title. Uh, thank you to my grandmother for leaving me a $10 super chat. Says, uh, here you are, buddy. Love you. Love you too, Grandma. Um, Antardas for the 499 says if Denny wins I will cry he's been my favorite since I was 4 14 years later he's won a lot but he's been so painfully close so I'm praying for our son yeah I I hope he wins too and then Chris I need the grill tape yes get get rid of get that 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 that's don't I don't like that Chris Cahill for the last super chat. Thank you for the $2 Canadian 2021 season is uh, known for Rick Ware memes. Uh, (laughs) And then then thank you, Matthew Wells for the $5 in the uh, last little bit here. Thank you to everybody who super chatted all season and uh, to everybody who super chatted tonight. Thank you so much. Uh, And thank you all for bearing with my dying voice. Uh, nah, I'm not even sick. Longer. It's just my voice is just shot. Martinsville was that fun? It really was. It really was. Yeah. Oh man, that's that's that's. I think that's a bit of a wrap. Uh, Eric, I think uh, I think you can kind of finish us off here with where we'll be next week. Uh, yeah, we'll be uh, same time Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern time, but we will be on my channel youtube.com slash eric Yeastep. oh i was gonna say it's right it's right there but the nwp logo is blocking it if you don't know how to spell my name that's quite all right people misspell it mispronounce it all the, all the time but uh we'll be there 8 p.m eastern time wednesday uh november 10th can't wait hopefully we have um a special guest but we're not entirely sure yet if or who will have anyone but we're gonna be able to talk all about the 2021 season obviously we'll talk about the championship race and you know share our kind of concluding thoughts on this latest NASCAR era before the next gen officially takes over. Yeah. But this is a great show tonight. Thanks to Emp Lemon for being on as well. The first hour, hour and a half. That was great. Yeah, we got it. It's really, there. it's really the end of a, of a, a whole era this weekend too. There's a lot of things changing and stuff heading into 2022. So enjoy it while it lasts because it's going to end very quickly. All right. I think, uh, I think that's uh, going to be a wrap. Thank nice, you guys nice. all so much. I mean, 
get back here. By the way, thank you to everybody who's watched the channel. Last month mm -hmm. was the most watched ever, and y'all are badasses. Thank you so much for for that. Um, and just thanks for a great season. Let's finish it off strong next week, guys. Yep. All right. Let's get to it. Let's do it. Later. The outro music is playing. Cue the Dale call. Yeah, I didn't know it it was okay. It was okay. Ooh, At ooh, least you tried. Bye, Eric Estep here. This episode is brought to you by Forney Industries. Get it done with green. Forney offers a full line of welding and plasma cutting machines, metalworking accessories, and more. For do-it-yourselfers all the way to professional metalworkers, Forney has everything you need for your next project. Shop Forney's top-of-the-line products at forneyind.com. That's Forney, F-O-R-N-E-Y, ind, I-N-D.com, or at an authorized Forney dealer near you.